Good evening and welcome to Eyes in the Dark, where we believe the best form of death is death by celluloid. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, true. That was the best Bella Lugosi I've ever heard. Thank you. My name's Thank James. You. That was Chew, or Bella, as we will call him for the rest of the episode. My name's Bella. Um, I'm Chewy. Hey, I'm Evan. And today we have a very, very special guest here in the New Stuff and Things podcast studio. The New Stuff and Things Network studio uh, 3.0, as it were. Guys, let me tell you, it's beautiful. There are, it's, it's floor-to-ceiling windows. We're on the 45th floor. I mean, it's an incredible studio. James, we've already described in detail what the studio looks like on our other shows, and we have posted pictures. Oh, good. So they know all that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, But we're going to go ahead and leave you hanging as for who the guest is while we run through a little bit of the business. Um, As always, we are one of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network podcasts. Um, You can find us on uh, the internet because that's a thing that exists. So you can find us at uh, stuff and things pod or stuff and things network.com. Uh, you can also find us individually at eyes in the dark podcast.com. You can go ahead and reach out to us suggestions. Uh, hey, you forgot this hate mail, fan mail, whatever you want to do. Uh, you can do that online as well. You can do that via email. We have eyes in the dark podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter that you can go ahead and get at us two uh it's gonna be <laughs> at eitd pod uh, and we also have individual twitters so i'm gonna start over with james yeah you can follow me at jurassic price jurassic with one r oh not, not, <laughs> yeah. not, jurassic, not jurassic park, park. <laughs> no i, I realized you that i've said that at least twice yeah yeah don't follow that or do follow not. if you want to follow the movie well, do it basically. you know because it's you know it's yeah. good but and then follow me yeah and tweet me your address and i'll send you a dollar <laughs> yeah start, that's a guarantee i'm glad that you don't really know or have memorized my address here so you don't just blurt it out again like you've Ooh, done so you many texted times. to me earlier it's going to come up in this oh, podcast no. <laughs> <laughs> oh can i by the way last last podcast yeah. we, we talked about uh six degrees to kevin bacon yeah yeah i solved it oh yeah yeah i swear no aid scouts honor okay uh we wanted to do six degrees from the kid in Maximum Overdrive <laughs> yeah. to Kevin Bacon. Are you ready? Okay, let's Kid do in it. Maximum Overdrive to Emilio Estevez in Overdrive. One. Boom. Emilio Estevez yeah. to Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Boom. Tom Cruise to Kevin Bacon in A Few Good Men. Boom. Oh, Three. Three degrees. Shit, dude. Three degrees. I didn't look it up. I thought That's about impressive. it in the car. That's impressive. <laughs> um, you can get at Chewy at, at Chupacabra. Uh, and then also for Evan here, a resident lumberjack. Yeah, not so much anymore because I shaved the. Uh, yeah, the old I mean, beard. but still, at heart. Because I'm wearing a flannel. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, uh, my Twitter is at Evan the Braun. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> not we lo- it. Obviously, we love our fans, and because that um, statement is true, because I can't talk today apparently, so that's not different than any other day. You're just nervous. I'm our, nervous. I'm here. nervous because our friend is here. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> So we have a very special guest, like I mentioned. We actually have someone who has made horror films, uh, maybe even ones that have made you pee your pants a little bit. You know, at least if you spell your name with one T and you know sleep on a couch sometimes. Um, <laughs> so without further ado, we have here Mr. Brett Simmons. What's up? What's up? Introduce yourself. Tell us. Uh, a bit. Let's see. Well, my name is Brett. I've made a few horror movies. Uh, 
most recently Animal, which is coming out on DVD Blu-ray in February. I have nice. to plug. I mean, yes, plug, oh, you know, plug away it. right here. Got to do it. Gotta I'll buy this, it. I'll pre-order this, today. Do every every movie. If you want. Credit card. Yeah. This is the yes. business, so give them the right. business. I think it's February fifteenth, day after Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. I don't know exactly. Mm. Just Google it. It's so on Amazon. Opposite of love is hate. So yeah, exactly, there you like go. Ro- romance on the fourteenth, animals killing kids on the fifteenth. So that sounds cool. like my type of movie. Well, that's what? coming out. That's a that's cool. a hell of a log line right there. <laughs> Animal killing kids. Animal killing. Kids. What what um what else have you done? So I did. I also did um, a horror movie called Husk, which was a killer scarecrow movie. Okay, came out in 2011. That one was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I just found out one of the actors in Husk. His name's Devin Gray. He was young Dexter. He just got cast as the trickster in the Flash series. Oh, really? I'm just stoked out of my mind. That's awesome, dude. I know, dude. Right here, you can't see it, but there's a Flash poster right there. I can't get derailed on the comics because we'll never talk about. We'll have to have you on Four Color sometime, dude. I'll come. I'll come. It's awesome. I'm stoked. Alan, get sick. (laughs) (laughs) Then we can finally talk Batman properly. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah. So we did Husk, and then in between Husk and Animal, I did a movie called uh, The Monkey's Paw. Okay. We shot New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans was awesome. I'm hoping to go back this year to make another movie in New Orleans. Meantime, you know, just... I love beignets. Oh, they're amazing. Oh, okay, the can, food, can, I tell you, can I tell you a fun fact about yes. beignets that yes. I found out while I was in New Orleans? This has nothing to do with what we're podcasting oh, about. Oh, no, no, I'm so excited. It's, it's, it's about life so in general. while I was in New Orleans, you go to Café du Monde, which is in the French Quarter, and that's like the beignet place, like the capital of beignets in the world. Hence we, Café du Monde, Café of the World. Right, yeah. exactly. And so we go, and they basically were, um, you know, their beignets are insane. And we were talking to the manager, and we're like, where else in the world can you get beignets? And they yeah. said, we, there's only one other place in the world where we train staff to make Café du Monde certified beignet beignets. Yeah. And that's at downtown Disney Anaheim. Oh, shit. I've Shut been up. there, dude. Yeah. I've, I, yeah. At the Jazz Kitchen. The Jazz Kitchen. Oh, really? What about, the, what, about, what about the beignets, though, in Disneyland? Same. Okay. Same. So, that, but that's what's crazy about it was when I went to Cafe Du Monde, I was so hyped on it. Everyone's yeah. like, "You gotta go!" And I'm like, "Great!" And I went. I got a beignet, and I was like, "These just taste like the stupid beignets at Disneyland." <laughs> 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 and they're like, and they're only to find out that like the ones at Disney are about as legit as Top New Orleans beignets. So that's awesome. They literally dude. fly people out from New Orleans to train the staff at Disneyland all about it. Oh, dude, good. crazy, right? That's awesome though, because that makes me feel like I'm not overhyping the beignets over no. there, you know? Because I'm awesome. like, they're so good, and then I have other ones. I'm like, they're not, they're not as great. People are like, well, they're just Disney. I'm like, no, they're, they're certified knowledge. Oh, now you can tell them. Now you can tell them. It's real. <laughs> tell them certified knowledge. Excellent story. Make cool, that a city. movie, Brett. I will. Yeah. It'll be called Ben. Um, yeah. <laughs> ben. <laughs> Powdered sugar into blood. His or name the, was Ben. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the killer <laughs> could be named Ben Yay. <laughs> He just kills um, you with powdered sugar. The G is silent. <laughs> he dries your throat out. <laughs> yeah. There's all these stupid little taglines. You'll cough on his powder. Dude, what was um, awesome... This, this is a perfect pitch. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about... Um, you were talking about your movies, and you mentioned Husk. I can't remember the exact list, but before um, we had talked about setting this up, mm-hmm. I remember I was looking up a list to get ideas for movies here, because mm-hmm. you know our, our listeners, if we have any, don't really suggest any to sure. us. So That's you on can, you. That's you can, on you guys. You can do they're, that. They're too busy tweeting me their address to get a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and writing um, us five 
page. If you send a film yeah. suggestion, yeah. we'll send you a dollar. Um, I still have to read parts of that, which I will. I promise, you know. But in any way, um, but I, I looked up a, a list. I was like, you know, best horror movies or whatever to share. Like, okay, let's get some ideas or whatever. And one was like a list was like really different, like really good horror movies. Mm. And I think it was a list of eleven or something like that. Oh, and I remember. Husk this. was in there, dude. Yeah, Husk was there. And I remember I was looking at that and I was I, I was looking at it right and like scrolling through. I'm like, okay, I've heard of that one. Oh, You're I making it rain one. right now. Yeah, I'm making it rain right now. <laughs> uh, and and then I get to uh, Husk and I, I'm not gonna lie, I remember I was like, oh, Killer Scarecrow, whatever. I remember that. Wait a minute. That's Brett's movie. Is that Brett's movie? And oh, it's like, so yeah. crazy. It's funny. Husk is like the gift that keeps on giving because it just keeps popping up on random lists. So mm-hmm. like when I finally have moved on, all yeah. of a sudden like something will come back. I'm like, oh, okay. So Husk has become kind of a cool little flick in that way. I mean, nice. I, would, I was obsessed with Scarecrows ever since mm-hmm. I saw Children of the Corn. Oh, yeah. So well, I'm, I'm going go, to go, go rent that thing. Dude, you gotta watch it. It's cool. It's yeah. cool. I mean, I've, cornfields were always super scary to me, and yeah. scarecrows just made a lot of sense. And really, honestly, I'm not here to talk about Husk, but the uh, when I wrote Husk, it was all like from this period of time where I was just watching horror movies I didn't like a whole lot. You know, it's like horror movies were just really lame at the time. It was like early 2000s, and I just was not happy about it. And so I started going, Scarecrows would be cool. And I had spent all my teenage years watching all the horror Scarecrow movies, you know, yeah. like, like Night of the Scarecrow and all that stuff. And I had never seen a Scarecrow movie that realized what I wanted. And so I was like, I'm just going to write one and maybe someone else will like it. And nice. So, Necessity I mean, is the mother of invention. True. Dude, that's rad. Check it out. It's cool. It's, I think it's scary, but. Well, we could sit here and listen all night uh, to you just go on about like different like you know movies In, that you've inside done the director's stories. studio <laughs> dude I, we might just do an episode like that and just be like just tell us things oh, just geez. and we'll just yep, sit I'll here and it. listen um, you'll lose a lot of listeners but we yeah, i doubt it <laughs> we'll listen we'll, we'll lose all of our two listeners that brett. listen to us because they love our other shows as well <laughs> brett pop quiz what's zero minus zero <laughs> uh, dang it another podcast <laughs> they're coming to do math <laughs> Copyright stuff and things podcast network, <laughs> um, Pat and Penny. Um, so we brought you on for a reason, and um, that is because you obviously have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to horror movies, both in just your personal experience and also with your career. Uh, James, a resident, you know, doctor in film, uh, with his film doctorate from AKA. Bar movie trivia expert. Exactly. Thanks. Bar awesome. movie trivia. You went to fucking in. film school. Don't, mm-hmm. you know. But he's, mm-hmm. you know, that's why he's the doctor. He's paying off in gift cards to uh, O'Malley's. We, ha- <laughs> <laughs> we have. Half of those gift cards are mine. That's we, true. We have myself, uh, obviously, just. I, I, I like horror movies, but I'm also not as cultured, as, as well-learned as the other two gentlemen here. Um, and then we have Evan with his terrible, terribly supervised childhood, yeah. which led to his, <laughs> to his knowledge and, and his thick skin. Yeah, your life is like a parallel with Michael Myers, but you just watch movies instead of, <laughs> of killing people. Instead of yes. killing yeah. people, yeah. turning into yeah. so. Um but yeah, so what type? Of, we we kind of talked about this before, and we'll briefly recap it. What's your what's your style of horror movies, James? Mm, I like uh, clever ones. Clever ones. Yeah, ones that where people have actually put a lot of thought into the entire storyline, rather okay. than they're just out for a cheap scare. Okay, yeah. so you don't yeah, like the good. like no, jumpy. Uh, no, jump scares are fine. Okay. Uh, uh, I wrote an essay about it actually okay. about jump scares. Okay. I tried to coin a term which was already coined. 
Um, but no, jump scares are fine, and I have no preferences like thriller, slasher, gore. I like I like them all. I just want some thought behind it. Yeah, cool. I like the really really unsettling kinds, and um, I mean I'm a fan of zombie flicks, and we have yet to talk about a zombie flick on this uh, show. But um, I, I like stuff that's just you know it, it takes you into the self, whether it's because. You know, the, the terror is coming from within or because the terror is used as a setting to explore the self. Um, but that and just, you know, Japanese and foreign horror movies are pretty fucked up. So I, I yeah. dig those. Um, when, I, when I really got into it, it was more like gore and zombie kind of stuff mm-hmm. when I was really getting into horror movies when I was younger. and Gormby, as it were. And uh, lately it's been more, like James is saying, like stuff that's... Kind of makes you think a little bit more, or um, I guess more. I, I like a lot of stuff that's like supernatural. Yeah. Even if it's cheesy, like I still am interested in it. I don't know. It's weird. That's just kind of the route I've gone. I still like yeah. gore, but I'm kind of like over gore. Like I don't really need gore to be scared. And, yeah. But supernatural yeah. movies, are, I think, are the scariest. Yeah. So is that like your your pick? Totally, your pick for like totally. type of scary movie? I, well, I, I I really agree with what what. You know, you guys were already saying too, just like really smart movies, I think are always cool. And I always prefer suspense over jump scares because I feel like suspense has to be crafted. So when a movie's mm-hmm. suspenseful, it's because there's some talented people working on it. Where mm-hmm. when something's scary, it's because someone cranked the volume out. Nah, up yeah, really yeah, loud, you know? right. But um, quick cut. S- yeah. But supernatural movies like really freak me out. Like Nightmare on Elm Street was the first movie that really, really freaked me out because I felt like when Michael Myers, if he broke into my house, I'd be freaked out, but I could at least yeah. throw stuff at him. Yeah. Whereas like yeah. ghosts, I'm just like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like, I like how even when you said ghosts, you weren't like ghosts, you're like ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby Doo. Oh no. So we're, we're here for a reason though, other than just gush about horror movies. And I, I love the way that James always explains it. And as our resident doctor in horror oh here. what we're here to do yeah what are we here to do uh I, I like how we 15 s- minutes into the show oh, man let me tell you i like how we summed it up last episode yeah we want to prove that a horror movie just might have the possibility to win an academy award there it's you awesome. go yeah that they're not all useless right yeah. that they're not there for a cheap scare and a quick and a quick turnaround on money for yeah. the teens I mean, some prove otherwise. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes that's the case, and I think you have to explore the failures in order to uh, know what succeeds. You mean anything? You mean anything put out by the WWE production studios? (laughs) Oh man! (laughs) Hey, Jingle All the Way Part Two was. Wait a minute. Bad. All they've done is horror movies, and then they put that out. I'm so glad you brought that up. Do you know who a producer on the WWE movie payroll is? Freddie Prince Jr. What really? Mind blown. That's what he's doing. That's now. why. He's that's why the movies are so good. Yeah. That's why they're so yeah. good. He's just producing <laughs> WWE horror movies. Sarah Michelle staying home with the kids. He's doing that crap. He went in and he's like, "I'm an authority, guys. I was in two. I know what you do last summer movies. I was in two of them. So put me on your payroll." like, I just watched that that movie Oculus. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, don't hear about that. No, it sucked. Big Not even show worthy. No. Wow. No. Wait. Hell no. Even though we watched Leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, but that's a classic. <laughs> it has Jennifer. An- it has nineties Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. I know. No, it was that movie just, it just, the movie just didn't make sense, and it it was just it was dumb. It's the, well, yeah. sometimes horror can be so bad it's great, but when yeah. it's right in the middle of the road, that's when it's bad. Like it wasn't even. I wasn't scared the entire movie at all. Like yeah. it wasn't suspenseful. It wasn't intriguing or like mm. it just it kept jumping back and forth. It was just weird. 
but we're not doing that on this show, so we yeah, shouldn't stop talk talking about, about it. Yeah. No <laughs> Oculus. So what are we doing? I'm going to let Brett, because Brett was the one who kept bringing it up to me, and I'm sure to yeah. you probably. He's the one who told yeah. me about it. But he yeah. was just like, dude, have you seen Have you seen this movie? It's called The Babadook. Yeah. And like he's like, I've heard about it, and it's, you know. It's and, he, and, I'm, I, and at first I was just like, okay, cool. It sounds interesting. Like, yeah. you know, and then um, he kept bringing it up, and he, you, you eventually saw it. Yeah, I finally saw it. Well, but even before that, like, he had told me about it, and then as soon as, like, right after he told me about it, I just saw it everywhere like on instagram yes. people yeah, posting about it like i yeah. saw stuff on twitter about it and i was like dude is this movie like huge or like is yeah. it coming out like what's going on it's kind of like you test drive a car and after that you see it on the freeway everywhere yeah. and you're like i never saw this car before what the yeah. heck is going on yeah, yeah. good point yeah good analogy. no so the babadook was a movie that so because we all love horror and i had seen the trailer and the trailer to the babadook like really freaked me out so i was just waiting to find someone who had seen it. And so I kept bringing it up, wondering like if anyone in our circle was eventually going to have seen it and no one saw it. And I I know, which is funny because right right now, everyone's talking about the Bobby Duke. But when we all first started talking about it, no one was talking about it. This is probably the most like relevant, timely movie we've done so far too. Yeah. Like we usually do movies that have been out for a while. This is one. You don't think the shining was uh, time relevant. (laughs) <laughs> that's timeless. You know timeless. Timeless. You, you timeless. know what I mean. There you go. You can save. It exists you know I mean? outside of time. That's well, like literally, if you Google Baba Duke right yeah. now, it was number one or number two on almost every top horror list. Rotten Tomatoes of has it, gave it like ninety-seven percent. It's like ninety-seven yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes, dude. Well, then it exploded like yeah. when Friedkin, like I'm William just... Friedkin, like <laughs> tweeted when he tweeted like it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. People are like, what the Exorcist dude said? Yeah. That? And now everyone yeah. takes it seriously. Dude, so James, you know, we, we've Brett. heard we've heard some of the hype here from Brett. Give us some of the fact here. Who's in it? Who made it? All that yeah, absolutely. beautiful, wonderful As we discussed last time, the uh, the absolute star from the sequel to Babe directed this movie. Uh, in fact, she was not even the star of the sequel <laughs> yeah. to Babe. She was just in it. Uh, Jennifer Kent, uh, writer-director, uh, which you know from Only Babe, the sequel. <laughs> you have, you're right. Okay. Exactly right. Yes. You have uh, Essie Davis is the lead, Amelia. And uh, Noah Wiseman would be her son, Sam. This is Kent's directorial debut, right? I believe yeah, it first is, feature. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, or first, fe- yeah. She did and a short called Monster, right? Essie Davis, yeah. you might know her from The Matrix. She played a, a reoccurring character in okay. the Matrix series. But other than that, I mean, you know, some uh, some relative no names. Maybe maybe they got. Some, they, looks like they have some work in Australia, but that's yeah. About it. And then you had about a budget of two million dollars or so. Yeah, and, and it's. Already made over four and a half million, so yeah. it's doing well. Well, it's. It, yeah. I think it's interesting to know how this was released. Also, mm-hmm. it wasn't just like, "Hey, everyone, here it is." Um, it's, it's a real small time film in terms of you know theatrical release and you know the budget. Obviously, you talked about what two million um, or or so. So, it, you know, it, it it was released in a special format, and you had a little bit of uh, something to say about that because you have experience with the yeah. way that it was released. We were talking about that about how um we were all talking earlier about how movies like it's hard to justify a giant marketing budget when it's so out of proportion to the actual budget of the movie, and so like you know you like a, a standard big you know Hollywood tentpole would have a pretty massive marketing budget, like in the, in the ballpark of like $10 million. So like a $2 million movie, you're not going to market that movie like crazy for a theatrical release, but with the advent of on demand and VOD and everything, it's like, wow, easy distribution. That's very minimal cost. You know, you could do a, 
killer online ad campaign for you know a hundred grand and like slay the internet with advertising and all of a sudden you're making way more money having put less out of your pocket that's why you see vod just blowing up so much with just cool independent movies like i think that's something else we were talking about was how some of my favorite movies of 2014 were movies i watched on vod they weren't even yeah. movies i saw in the theater which is just crazy to think that it's such a viable platform now because i think two years ago like, I'm not going to watch movies on my Apple TV that I haven't seen in a theater. And yeah. I watched most of my movies <laughs> this year on my Apple TV. And, and to, to piggyback off, off what Brett's talking about, yeah. another, another big advantage to this VOD uh, success is um, the rating system. Yeah. Is that you do not need to get your film rated. Ah, uh, yeah. When, when you need, okay. and I'm sure Brett can back me up on this, if you wanted to get your film rated, just to get it rated, just to submit mm-hmm. it to the MPAA, I mean, it costs you like $25,000. Yeah. It costs you first, so much. First of like all, if, grand. if I'm not mistaken, there's no law or anything that says it must be rated in order to be screened in nope. a thing, right? Suggestion. No. But what it is, is basically it's up to the theaters themselves, to the, mm-hmm. to the theater companies to decide whether or not they would choose to air something that is, or right. I'm sorry, screen yes. something that is unrated. The theaters would and demand most, it. Mo- yeah, which, most of them won't. Which yeah. exactly is is brilliant because if you're 15 years old and you want to buy a ticket to a rated R movie and they won't sell it to you, it's not illegal to sell it to you. The yeah. theater just chooses not to so they don't get sued. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. By the well, parents. I think it's funny. Kevin Smith <laughs> said it really well about uh, Tusk. When yeah. he made Tusk, he's talking about how... With the distribution platform, too, when your output is so low, yeah. it allows you creative freedom to be way greater, which yeah, is yeah. part of why I think Babadook succeeds, because I don't think there's a studio that would have let them do that this movie the way they did. Because it's a slow burn. Yeah. You know, it's like minimal effects. You know, it's all like practical production design kind of stagey effects, you know, and like and they had the freedom to do it because who's sitting there worrying about losing all their money? It's like, well, try it. Why not? Yeah. Then, yep. And and then also when you uh, when you go through the MPAA, you're normally doing that so that you can distribute through a studio, because the six, mm-hmm. the well, I think five now, right? Because MGM is kind of owned by Sony, but the the major studios own ninety eight percent of the distribution mm-hmm. of all of all movies. So when you don't get the MPAA rating, you don't need to distribute through a studio, and it just keeps your cost down, which can yeah. you know lead to a, a higher profit margin. Big Economics. Time. Plus, I feel like. Well, plus, drop I feel like. Mic. Yeah. yeah. Please don't drop the mic. Well, plus, it's like. Yeah, don't do it. But there's like. The there's mystique to it, too. Like when a movie doesn't have a rating, where you're just kind of like, oh. Yeah, you can create a little extra buzz. Thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't know what Baba Duke was rated. And there are a few yeah. scenes where I was like, oh, R. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, female orgasm. I was going to say, mainly related to her yeah. being alone. Yeah. Dude, so. so um, that's, that's an instant R rating. Yep. Not a male, yeah. but a female. Yeah. Really, it's an instant R. You, you ever see uh, this film is not yet rated? Yes, excellent documentary. No. Yeah, it's yeah. a documentary about a guy, like, some of the bullshit in terms of the rating system and how you're fucked if you don't get rated or if you don't get like... Um, at least like a, a PG-13 or like an R yep. rating yep. and he, what the differences in numbers are for that. He show. really Dang. details how the MPAA was created to keep Hollywood from having to lose money because originally it was like a, it was a rule or it became a, a, a United States law that municipalities, meaning like towns and cities could make their own rules about what 18 year olds or under can or cannot see. So Hollywood, once they made that, we're like, well, we don't want the cities ruling whether or not they're going to play our movies. So we'll c- create our own rating systems, a.k.a. the MPAA. They created it on their own mm-hmm. to save from cities not playing their movies so they would make more money. Hmm. Dang. Do you, do you had something? <laughs> no. I, I, just, I, like, I've noticed, I mean, just 
growing up, like, like seeing PG thirteen movies a lot of times. I mean, on the like other than horror or like gory yeah. type movies, like PG thirteen movies sometimes were like way worse than our movies. Yeah. Like as far as no, like know. language and sexuality and stuff like that. Like, yeah, which never made any sense to me. Because they're trying to, I feel like what it is is they're trying to ride that line to be the edgiest, uh, or essentially trying to squeeze every last drop they can out of yeah. that PG thirteen. Where an R rated is like we can do whatever the fuck that we want, yeah. within these limits right here. As long as we don't cross here, we're we're not intending to go anyway, so we don't yeah. have to push the envelope down at the bottom limit. You know, they can yeah. be more. Um, I think um, they, ha- they have more control. What's over. above RX? Uh, NC-17, NC-17. Oh, yeah, which sorry. is a, which used to be X. Yeah. X. They, they moved away from X because X sounded like a porn movie. Yeah. yeah. Is that just what yeah. what makes it like? What does it? Ha- NC-17. Yeah. These days, it's usually like really hardcore gay or really hardcore lesbian things. Yeah. But do you know how they rate movies? Well, it's gonna blow your mind. Does anybody know how uh, the NBA was was NC-17 when it came out, right? Oh, I wouldn't doubt that. The first Rob is one of the only guys that could probably pull that. But what about movies like 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 Antichrist? Antichrist. Oh, like, fuck. There's like four. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you yeah. know what? Foreign movies almost instantly get NC-17. Yeah. yeah. Really? They just don't like the foreigners. Because the there's, foreigners don't have the MPAA. Oh. Well, their standards are so different. Yeah, they don't have that to worry about. So they're just like, do whatever we want to do. <laughs> yep. And then they don't care what it gets rated. Right? Yes. Because the they're making all their money. Over it is our yeah. art. But So this is how they rate movies. This is, gonna, this is so frustrating. And if you actually, if you watch uh, Film Is Not Yet Rated, this is where I learned this, not in film school. Um, <laughs> they take about 10 people on average. Uh, oh, yeah. And the people are supposed to have kids that are under the age of 18. Supposed to. They put them in a room. They all decide on... Mm, they take copious notes. I think this uh, was questionable. I don't I don't think uh, people's kids or parents would like their kids seeing this. And then they all decide on it. They give that vote to a senior uh, MPA ratings person. Um, similar to like a jury. And then that person goes back to the director or the producer, whoever had, had applied for the MPAA rating. And they say, listen, this is what your rating got. You can appeal it. You will probably lose. If you don't want to appeal it, this is what you need to cut. And then that's it. The people are always kept secret. No one knows who rates their movies. And so what the guy in this film is not yeah. yet rated did was actually stalk the people rating movies. Because <laughs> yeah. no one's ever known. It's kept more secret than, you know, like the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. It's 10 people in a room. Yeah. Well, I remember Scream, the first cut of Scream, they always talked about how that was NC-17. And in order to get it down to R, because the Weinstein company was like, yeah. nope. It literally yeah. came nope. down to the length of certain gore shots. Yeah. Like, this is one second too oh, long. Right. Opening yeah, scene, yeah. right? And Casey is, Becker, the yeah. intestine, yeah. they could only show All a shot. That stuff. Yeah. But even going back to the point you guys are making about PG-13 and trying to cleverly connect it back to the Duke. Mm-hmm. What's so crazy is Christopher Nolan always talked about when he made The Dark Knight how PG-13 created a, a limitation that caused the art to really strive, you know, and the creativity to really, like, go for it. You know, like, the power of implication as opposed, like, suggestion as opposed yeah. to, like, like straight up showing and stuff. And I feel like the Babadook, what makes the Babadook R has nothing to do with the horror. You know, like it would otherwise be a totally PG-13 yeah. movie. You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. very suggestive. 
And it's just all about the implication of something's in the shadows or something's outside yeah. the door I, or I something's agree. there. I think you really, the, the what would have made this movie R if had that it got rated is one, the female orgasm mm-hmm. and two, maybe feeding the kid the sedatives. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. But other than that, I mean, that has nothing to do with the but actual. But even then, horror. they could have fought yeah. that down to like whether they showed her giving it to him or not. Yes. But yeah, the story could have still, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so obviously, you know, we're already kind of getting into it a little bit here with some of the scenes and stuff, but, it, I mean, you've listened to the show enough to where you should already know it's spoilers. So uh, if you haven't seen The Duke yet and you want to see it, go see it now. It's got a lot of go things working it. for it. Video yeah. on demand, got no rating. It's just, oh, it's prime, uncut, raw, ready to go. It's awesome. So let's get into the show proper, boys. Cool. The Duke. what did we think of it? How far are we into the show now that we're finally talking about it? <laughs> 28 minutes. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It's fair. I hope people find that entertaining because I was actually... I think so, dude. Song. It was like yeah, film, was history. Yeah. We, we, we don't always have this opportunity, so we're, we're going to milk it a little bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so awesome. What, did you, what did you guys think? I thought it was great. Yeah, uh, right? I mean, I already went into it knowing from a lot of people that it was good, so I was a little bit like... I kind of expected it to be good, mm. but... It was one of those movies where, like, there's certain movies where, like, if it's super suspenseful or super, like, creepy, like, if I know something's about to happen, I'll be like, oh, I'll look at my watch for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe my, yeah. And then if I hear something light on, on, I'm like, okay, that's, that's yeah. cool to look. Yeah. Like, this movie, like, my, me and my wife were watching it, and I I was, like, on the edge of the couch just, like, staring at the TV. And then, like, uh, there's, like, yeah. cool, like, camera angles and stuff that they would do during it. And, like, when it was, like, turned, I would, like, turn my head, and I was, like, I noticed myself, like, just, like, like yeah. derping out at at the TV screen, yeah. And like, oh yeah, watching. Like I didn't like mo- like take my eyes it was, off it. It was so creepy that you, yeah, you could not take your eyes yeah. off the screen. But it wasn't like too like over the top scary. Where like 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 you know what I mean? Like not some like it wasn't where, jump where out you, scares. Yeah. No, and, not a lot of jump out scares. Like Brett said, a lot of very well built suspense. Yeah. Yes, and I think they they handled the the reveal of the monster. Of the Babadook, yeah, uh, extremely well. Yeah, yeah. So you saw a little bit of it. You did get a face. You saw like you know just a coat. That was yeah, great. Was the only terrifying. time you actually see his face is when he jumped the... down from the ceiling. But yeah. did you see his face then? Like a flash of it. Just a flash. But I, I, saw... much re- I wound that. I rewound that part probably like fifteen times trying to, to catch yeah. the. I need to watch that part. Yeah, I did, I but you see it. You yeah. see it in when she. Remember when she's looking out next door to her neighbors. Oh and yeah, he's you standing kind of in the background. There, yeah. You kind of see it there, and then you see him on the TV. Remember when she's yeah. imagining I, him on the I TV? I saw like a cross between like uh, Batman first uh, Tim Burton movie, like yeah. Batman and Joker face, yeah. and a little bit of actual the the flashing face in The Exorcist. Funny enough, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. That flashes on like the hood of the oven, yeah. and then you see it again somewhere else in Superimposed. But what's what's so crazy is like you we're imposing all of that stuff simply based on what the illustration put in our heads. Absolutely. And that's one of the single most brilliant things about the movie is that book as a device just ruined me. It could could have been the the scariest part was just them reading the book. It's like, oh, 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 don't turn the page. Yeah. That's what I was. I was watching it in the middle of the day. Yeah. And when she was first reading it, and they flipped to the page where the pop up is of the Baba Duke hanging from the ceiling yeah. over the bed, me, yeah. and, and it's watch me in in all caps. Yeah. I was like, I'm not. I, I don't know about this. You have you have kids too, yes. so so that's like even I think more terrifying from another perspective. Yeah. The whole yeah. like you know protecting your own children yes. thing. But God damn this movie, dude. Okay, I'm I'm watching it at night. I'm watching it with uh, with my buddy Matt. And um, 
it, it was one of those things where I wanted it to be as dark and as quiet as possible. Oh, you're brave. He, um, yeah, he, I might have started that way, and then halfway through, like, oh, I gotta get up and get a drink. Maybe a few lights should go on. Yeah, um, people who can come in here. He he started doing this thing that uh, a lot of people do, where they're like, you know, like, oh, cracking jokes here or there, or loudly commenting on mm-hmm. something that you see, because it's like, you know, it's a little less ease unnerving. the tension. Yeah, ease the tension a little bit. Um, and despite all that, dude, I was just like, oh god, no, this is yeah. Why am I watching? It was fucking terrifying, yeah. dude. And I mean, I, I I knew, you know, like okay, yeah, it's gonna be like a horror movie. It's it's good, sure. and I've seen really bad stuff and all that. But it was just um, something about it was it was that whole uncanniness of it, the the unsettling part of it is what it was. Well, even yeah. now, the like the production design, like yeah. you know, like the house was all kind of like charcoal gray, and yep. yeah, kinda, like, felt like really ashy and stuff. Yeah, very charoscuro. Yeah, yeah, like that. Just you just feel like this impending sense of doom the whole time, so you're yeah. never comfortable. I, I, I never like paid attention to that in movies until I learned about it in like like with the Matrix, mm-hmm. how they like they use like a like a almost like a film. Yeah, like it's like everything is like got a green tint to it. I, what do they like? What do they call it? A, do they call it a gobo? Light? I don't know. I, you're, I think you're better than me. I, that's that's stage terms. I know that from theater. Yeah, arts. I think it's called a gobo. And so, I, once I learned that, I like I pick up on it a lot more in movies. And like this one kind of had that like yeah like it drabby gray, grayish yeah. blue color yeah. everything. So it looked, just looked very like somber and like kind of depressing. Yeah, at first I was actually upset about that because I was like, oh no, an independent film where they're trying something artsy and it's not going to work. But but then by the end of it, I was like, oh, this needed, it works. needed yeah. to have that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, and when you watch the movie, one of the movies she's watching on the TV yeah, is yeah. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I was, I read somewhere in some of the director's notes, so there's an interview or something where she'd said like her original pitch was to do the movie in black and white because she knew uh. that the Babadook, she wanted to yeah. aesthetically do the Babadook as a production design element, not a special yeah. effects element. Very good, yeah. Just like the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, is you that know, the, like where it's all on set. Is like that the black and white movie she's watching? Yeah. I know it, and, then, I and then there's a there's Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and then it's yeah. Flash with uh, George Melies. I don't yeah. know the name of the movie, but it's a French one where he has magicians, but magicians are dressed, I don't know, for some reason, like black trolls. Yeah. yeah. And it's very creepy, but it's about yeah. magicians. Yeah. But there's yeah. also, I was reading that they, they also, when she's watching the TV, when she's kind of possessed already, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I can't um, talk about it. Uh-huh. It's so scary. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> She's watching that that movie Black Sabbath. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That yeah, part yeah. where it's like it's like really like bright colors uh-huh. and like I don't that know that, movie. that I I know about it. I know about it, but I don't. I've never seen it. I, I kind of wanted to watch it yeah. for the show, but yeah. um, that part where like the lady's like getting out of bed and she kind of had like that like demonic face. Oh, it reminded me of the face from The Exorcist that flashes. Yeah. Yeah. That she had, but then that that was, I was reading something and they were saying that that was like corresponding with what she was going through. In the movie mm, at the time, clever. I didn't pick that up, dude. dude I feel nice. like this movie was just a, a love letter to horror, is yeah. what it was, you know. Because um, you you have all these kind of, I mean, they're not Easter eggs because they're like right there. But I mean, it's for the people that I, know, you know. They're like, oh, cabinet. I agree. There's cabinet and, going and on some, there, and mm-hmm. some of the techniques, and even just the, you know, let's do this as a production. You know, mm-hmm. thing as as opposed to like VFX or anything like that. And and the, I mean the the overall thought of it too it's a little com- little bit of a combination of the Amityville horror 
Except it's not quite a haunted house. Like, yeah. but there's that that kind of possession yeah. element, and then also a little bit of The Shining. Like, yeah, like we mentioned. yeah, like totally. it's got elements of other classic horror movies. One of my notes here that I wrote down was Jack Torrance. Yeah, because absolutely. you you get that from her. I mean, the oh, yeah. the line that she says. You know where where he's like he's like oh my stu- my stomach hurts mommy by the way yeah. that kid fucking sucked yeah can we just say I that? wanted like, to punch him okay, in the mouth the whole listen movie. I don't have a kid and maybe it's like a different kind of patience no, you learn with a kid but like that kid sucked did did he, he got not, better throughout the movie but like he was he not only he was not only a turd yeah but he <laughs> just the way he screamed. Uh, he was just stressful all around. Yeah. Like he was stressful for her. He's stressful for the audience. And yeah. I don't know how much of that was intended or how much of that yeah. was performance or talent or lack of talent. Yeah. I just know that I was like, so st- I felt like I was raising that kid. So yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah. Well, what, what bothered me about, you can't, you can't blame her when she tells him to go eat shit. Yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah. the line I wrote down. It's like, you know, uh, what did she say? Like, if you're really, really, if you're really that hungry, why don't you go and eat shit? Yeah. And that's when I was just like, Oh, Jack Torrance, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, it, actually, Shining is a great parallel. I didn't even yeah. think about that till just now. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, you, you have these, uh, you know, you have that. You have kind of a feel. It's going to sound weird. And, I mean, we joked about it earlier because, you know, he builds the contraptions and stuff like that. Mm. But you have the Home Alone type of vibe to it, too. This kid uses a fucking saw. Yeah. He's six. Mm. Yeah. Yep. What the hell, man? Yeah, My favorite he, part is that he only used all these weapons on his mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the, yeah. Thing, the, the thing that I thought was interesting is I remember when we were recently watching Home Alone during Christmas time. And I think one of us, I don't know if we had this conversation or it was a conversation I had later with someone else. We're like, if you think about it, Home Alone, like the premise of Home Alone is fucking terrifying. You're a child. Yeah. Oh, home invasion when, uh, you're, yeah. when you're six? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and they like make light of it. I'm like, I feel like this is home alone. Yeah. You know, but you can't leave because it's like, yeah, your your uh, captor, for lack of better words, yeah. is, is larger than you. You can't get out. Brilliant. Supernatural home alone. And Tim Curry played the Babadook. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say the Babadook was the furnace in the bottom oh, no. of the basement. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's the Babadook. It's the furnace. Um, I, 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 going off yeah, James's yeah. Shining reference, like I really quickly in the movie, I started kind of putting that connection together where I was like, we haven't really seen, you know, quote unquote, the monster or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You're not Babadook. sure if it's real. You, you haven't really. It hasn't really done anything. It hasn't like hurt anybody. Right. And it's so, just been in a book. Yeah. And then yeah. And she is to everybody else just looks like a psychopath. Yeah. So you get that from the scene where she goes to the police. Oh, oh. I mean that. I mean, even like her sister thinks she's like going crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, even yeah. like when and, the kid was like just yelling at the Babadook in the car, yeah. but he's just yelling at the window and she's like, My son is psycho. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the audience were like, Well, he's out there. He's but out then he's like getting choked and yeah. But it's like like I, I started getting the feeling I'm like this. I feel like this movie is going in the direction where that's it's all in her mind. Like I thought that she was just like hallucinating. Or I was actually worried about that because I didn't want it to be. I was. I like, didn't either. Please, please don't. I wanted it to be real, but I I, I could see them. I could or I could see how easily they could have made it mm-hmm. into like a, her just going crazy type thing. I, I actually I was still convinced at that point up until the kids started getting thrown around the room at yeah. the at the very end. Yeah. I was like, you know what? You could make a very strong argument that that. <laughs> this never actually existed that she's just going insane from insomnia yeah well even then i was like are these just hallucinations she's yeah. having is she right. just yelling at the wall i wasn't sure until she was feeding it 
the last right. scene. Yeah. Of the movie. Like literally, I was like, wait, she's feeding this thing? Yeah. I mean, this must be real. So that 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 leads me to something that I kind of wanted to talk about, and that was the meaning. I mean, I'm not. This isn't like let's wrap it up, but just okay, because we're on that tip right now. I, I think this is gonna have more poignancy than talking about any of other scenes. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. What is the, the meaning of this movie? Because you're you're watching it, and you're like, there's something to this that. Um, there's a point here and, and we talked about, you know, what was it mental? You know, it's not in her head. And I don't think it is. And I think it, it's not so much to say that the Duke doesn't exist. I feel like the Duke is there. And really what it comes down to is it's a manifestation or a physical representation for whatever uh, struggles or, or difficulties we all have in us. And that last scene for me was basically saying you never get rid of it. It, it it's never gone. Whatever your fucking Baba Duke is that you have, whatever your moment is in your life that has ruined your life and can make it a fucking nightmare, that's never gonna go away. All you can do is keep it at bay, keep it locked up, but at the same time, human nature or, or something, there's there's a part of us that has to keep that alive and you have to revisit it every now and then for just a little fucking bit to just keep it alive enough because if you try to shut it out completely it comes at you like a fucking storm and if you always pay attention to it you know it's going to make your life a living nightmare but if you can lock it up and just you know bury it deep down inside and every now and then have a little cry or whatever it is you yeah. know you can kind of have a balance of, yeah. of life or something like that. That's, that's kind of the that's, meaning I got from it. It's exactly what I got. I got yeah. quite literally everybody has their demons, mm-hmm. right? Because right? well, yeah. she literally has a demon it, in the basement, it, which it, I think is the full saying, right? Yeah. Everybody has their demons in their basement. And, and I mean, you, you see how the Baba Duke kind of manifests at some point as her dead husband. Yeah. And that's how what he turns yeah. into her. He turns into the Baba. No, he doesn't. I didn't. Well, I didn't get it until the he's last asking scene. for the kid. Remember, he's like, That's, "Bring me, yeah, my, earlier, bring me the boy." But then later, it shows him, and then he it shows him like dying, like how he did in the yeah. car, and then the Babadook comes out. I didn't get that. I, I didn't know if it was like that was the Babadook trying to lure her in, or if it was like I didn't understand yeah. why he, they were they were showing her dead husband. Mm, but, that, it. but it makes here's sense. a theory. Here's a theory. But it makes sense with what she was saying. Like that's her demon. Is her yeah. well, husband? Died. I think what it is is you see him and his head gets fucking sliced awful, the way that yeah. it does, and that's not the moment that's like, oh my god, that's terrifying. That's the moment. It's like, oh fuck. She did, she wasn't in just the in the car. car. Yeah. Like she saw him get like decapitated and shit. Yeah. And. Caprioed. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of those things where I think that was her moment of face it. It fucking happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like like this movie honestly was like harsh truths, the movie. Like cause you had that, you had like, you know, the, the sister being like, Your son is the worst person ever. And yeah. like no one ever wants to be with you because of your son. Can and I, like yeah. I'm glad that, that little kid pushed his pushed cousin it, out yeah. of the she house. was she that was being a little sucked. jerk that girl sucked more than him I know cause like she wasn't loud and annoying but she was just like your, your dad's dead cause he didn't want you yeah, yeah. Like, that's like something you. like a kid that's on like, the playground says and to I'm you, going not, to push you not your yeah. family <laughs> yeah, at first, because I didn't know how high up that treehouse was that they were in, I was like, oh my god he killed I the kid I thought the same thing I thought yeah. the same thing I was like, she's gonna die she's gonna die you know, but no, dude. I, I think I broke my cousin's nose in two places. <laughs> yeah, 
to the child oh, protective that was service. That was, that was great. It, it, but yeah, I just think it was uh, that was a really smart way to basically just say, "Hey, it really life it. sucks, but you got to find a way to deal with it." And the way to deal with it isn't ignoring it, nor is it living in it. You know, you You're have basically to making peace with it. You you make peace with it. You revisit it every now and then. You feed, yeah. feed it some worms, and you're good. Can you we know. talk about the worms? Yeah, talking okay. about the worms. I don't want to go through. Okay, how did she figure out that it wants worms and all that? But thinking that the Babadook. But how did, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> thinking that the Babadook eats bugs. Yeah. And this is something that actually Evan sparked me onto on the way here. If the Babadook eats, eats the worms, does it eat other bugs? Which means, are the cockroaches seen earlier in the film just yeah. Babadook food? Oh, shit. Is he just chewing on some cockroaches? Yeah, is that he's just feeding? Crazy. He's hungry? He wants some cockroaches? Well, that's what, that's he actually, has worms? Could be, dude. That's interesting. <laughs> well, that's what I thought was interesting. Like Talking about that in the ending was, again, like I was on board just for a cool ghost story. You know what I mean? Like, like We already talked about some of our favorite horror movies. And I'm like, dude, if you want to tell a good ghost story, like I'm all for it. So I was already in, but then the ending just completely elevated everything to a very unexpected place. I actually didn't like the ending at first just because it was so unexpected. Like yeah. my, my first guttural reaction was like, what? This, yeah. I mean, can't ruined, be. You ruined a perfectly good movie. Like yeah, she's feeding be. this thing. Yeah. But then as the credits started to roll, it kind of hit me. And because I, I typically watch movies very much at face value and think about them later. And as soon as the credits hit, and I gave it one thought beyond what I'd seen, I was like, whoa. Because really, when you think about it, when you think about grief, like, ultimately, her as a mom, she's trying to protect her son. And so the darkest moment in their history, he's at an age where he's asking about it now. And that's where the movie opens, is, you know, he's talking about, you know, I lost my dad. Oh, yeah, my dad died. Like, oh, yeah, he died on the way to my mom giving birth to me. And, you know, it's like, okay, is that what's kind of sparking this thing and even the Babadook went after him first and so it's like well I have to protect my son from this darkness in my past like there's this horrible moment I have to shield him but shield him shielding him is exposing her to it and next phase is I thought I got rid of it but I can't and now it's coming after me and now I'm you know, accepting it yeah. exactly and so by the time it's like she's feeding it I was just like this is so much more profound that I just wanted to watch a horror movie and I'm like reflecting on life. I mean, listen yeah. to what we're talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like tragedy and family Absolutely. and grief, you know? Yeah. And, and the family and the grief bring up a good point too. I think there's also a little bit of an undertone of, of parenting in here, right? Well, not an yeah. undertone, but there's a theme kind of like through the entire movie, she's wrestling the Babadook. She doesn't want to believe that it's real. She doesn't want to believe her son that it's real. And then when she finally believes her son that it's real, everything's okay. So it's like, I kind of got to that, you know, the like parenting you, and maybe Brett can speak to this because he has kids. You kind of need to go along with your kids and embrace a little bit of what they believe and have a little bit of that imagination that kids have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well even like, I feel like she didn't want, it's almost like he had a curiosity to talk about something and entertain something that she didn't want anything to do with. Right. You know? She wanted to deny. Right. And yeah, so it's just like, true. I want to get rid of like, what? No, no, no. We don't need to talk about yeah, this. You yeah. Yeah. And then finally he is, and that's forcing her to probably deal with something that she has been really trying to avoid for a long time. So it's almost like the Babadook has always, metaphorically speaking, has always been there. Mm -hmm. Just she, It's been hidden in the basement. No one opened it's, the door. It's been on the bookshelf. Exactly. Yeah. And now the kid is like bringing it into the house because he's curious, forcing her to face it. And then the end is like, look, it happened, but we don't need to talk about it all the time. We can leave it in the basement. You don't need to go to school yeah. and tell everybody that 
your dad died. You know, you can go to school and talk about how you broke your cousin's nose. But let's leave it in the basement for a while. And the kid gets it. The kid yeah. finally accepted it, and he's not afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even like they were saying, she was saying, um, like earlier, or not she was saying, but when remember when she ripped the book up yeah. and then it came back? Oh, my gosh. And, I want to talk about that and, so bad. And it said, basically, in a nutshell, it was saying, the more you deny it, the stronger I'm yeah. going to get. Yeah. Yes. So, and you can kind of correlate that with grief absolutely. or whatever in life. Like, like the more you just try to shut it out, like the more it's going to weigh on you. And, yeah. And it's like you haven't you. had that good cry that's yeah. like going to like heal you from, you know, whatever you went through. And like, yeah, exactly. I didn't, just I didn't stronger. think about any of this stuff. <laughs> so like, yeah. no, that's right. why we right. do yeah. this fucking show. But that's show. exactly it. So that's like the, that's on like the deep meaning of the movie. But for me, like, as far as like my reaction to the movie, like I always look for a horror movie to do like, to really take me, like really shock me once, you know? If, it, if a horror movie can really give me a good shock, I'm like, dang, that movie did its job. Because if you guys look back at a lot of horror movies you've watched, it's really easy to go, wow, wait, that movie actually didn't scare me a whole lot. Or that didn't really actually yeah. do anything. You know, it's like, where's that one moment where I went, this thing just like rocked my world. Yeah. And when the book came back, and she started flipping through, and the book had added Changed, to itself, yep. and it started adding the pictures of her yeah. and her killing the dog oh, and her son. Dog death. And just well, the, you, uh, yeah, I know dog, dog death. death. No you, dog death. You kind of, you you kind of. There was kind of some um, foreshadowing in that. When remember when she was yeah. first flipping through it, and there's like yeah. four blank pages at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like no, I was like, uh, I literally. As soon as yeah, I remember the blank pages, and then now the story's unfolding further. Yeah. I was alone in my room watching it on my computer, uh, and I audibly, out loud, went, oh. <laughs> like, there was no one to hear me do it. Uh, it was just pure, just genuine, just like dread. And then just the, the way she was illustrated and clearly going crazy. And that set a course for the last half of the movie where I was like, this is getting out of control. This yeah. is... It's like Jack Torrance. Like I never even thought about the Shining parallel ticking, until tonight. Ticking time bombs. Yeah. After that, and then what does the dumb dumb go and do? Not only does she burn the book, but then she still denies it. Yeah. What a dumb like, dumb. No. <laughs> what a horror convention, right there. <laughs> what a poo poo head. <laughs> um, so you you said something interesting where where you first got to the ending, you're like kind of disappointed at the end, and you're like, what? That was lame, or whatever. There was one thing, one thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. That I did not like. Go for it. Oh, this is good. I don't know if it was budget. I don't know if it was time. I wonder if it's the same thing uh, I didn't like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Because I know you like details and stuff like that, too. Uh, what's the thing you didn't like, Evan? No, no, go ahead. I'll, we'll see if it's the thing. That um, they wanted to make the Duke pretty scary, right? And I think they did a really good job when the Duke kind of comes down. He's like, Babadook. And you hear like yeah, the hissing good. and like roaring, but then they throw in that like canned dinosaur roar thing. Yep. Yep. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> and they, <sighs> they did it like three they, times. They did it the first time. I was like, okay, that so was they bad. But it, was, it was that sound that goes like. <laughs> and here's yeah. the funny thing about that: they did that like no, they, it was like I it wasn't even like sound. that. It was like that. Yeah. Like it was the it was literally it sounded like a dinosaur. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, oh, see, I thought someone I just was like just sliding an armoire across. Across, across the floor. I'm like, the floor. I'm like, who's moving furniture at this hour of the night? No. Yeah. It's so, almost like that. What's that screen that they always... The Wilhelm Yeah, it's yeah, almost like Wilhelm. that. But, yeah. but like, Exactly like that. With an yeah. animal. We did, when I did Animal, we had to sound design the animal. And I wanted it to sound unique. 
And so with a sound designer like had this whole bed of like, oh, there's some cool animal sounds, animal sounds, animal sounds. And that stupid sound <laughs> came up so many times. I outlawed yeah. it. I was like, dude, I've heard this on every single video game with a monster. Yeah. I feel like I heard that in Turok Dinosaur. Home. Yeah. You know, yes. like yep. N64. Primal like, Rage. I've yeah. heard this way too many times. I was like, do not ever by any means ever use that sound. Yeah. And when I heard it in the movie, I had to pause it and go pace around the room for a minute. Yeah. I was just like, oh, the Australians. I, that wasn't the part. That it's was, new to the Australians. Oh, that was, it's that cheap, was, right? It's probably in the, it, the it, public yeah. domain it now. It pissed me off because I was like, God damn it. Yeah. This is so good. Mm-hmm. But, you Everything know, else is great. But. Yeah. It, it, and I was like, okay. Maybe it's just the one time, but then they later when she's like fighting the Babadook and facing it in the most dramatic moment, you hear it like three times in a row, and I'm like, because the other hissing and growling noises, I feel like like work like a weird with it. like rattlesnake sound. Yeah, yeah like, it had a kind really of a creepy. lizardy type of you know thing. But that was super the one, cheap. The one sound I didn't like also was, I mean, it it worked for the effect of what it was, but I didn't like how they how he did like the. It was almost like the grudge kind of sound like that. Uh, oh, like yeah, when he yeah, would yeah. talk or when he oh, said yeah. Babadook. The, the actual phone call. Yeah. Like, like that kind of, I was kind of like, like oh, it's, still, it's scary. I get it. Yeah, I was like, oh, but okay. I didn't like, like, I felt like it was like. The phone call like made it a little cheapening. too human for me. It literally. It was the, like a the ghost doesn't call you. Freakiest, <laughs> the most effective thing in the movie was that book. It's so crazy. The book. The book. Yep. Let's the fucking shadow. talk like, about the book. I like the shadows too because it was very effective. You could see him everywhere. And then you see the coat in the PlayStation and the gloves. I was like, what? Pretty, the in, coat in the police station. On oh, the police, yeah, yeah. the PlayStation. In the PlayStation too. Yeah. Uh, well, there was that, <laughs> when you're playing that was, that was in a lot of places. Hunter. Even yeah. in the basement yeah. when the kid yeah. was yeah. pretending his dad. But I was thought there. that was that uh, was a brilliant move. And it, it was his dad's it. clothing. And in her yeah. and in her room. Yep. Her room, she had a mannequin or something in the corner yep. that had like a hat and like a like dress on. Everyone knows in horror movies you don't own a mannequin or yeah. a coat rack. Nope. Let's get rid Why? of them. Why? Like don't do that. Or a giant like like. What's it called? Um, armoire. Armoire, yeah. Yeah. Shiffer robe. Witches will stand on top of it. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. The inside might lead you to Narnia. Yes. yes. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. It's Dude, very possible. The, the one part, though, that, that bummed me out, that it was, it worked, but it wasn't, it kind of, it was kind of cheap looking to me, was, mm. remember when he first comes into her room and yeah. she's like hiding under the covers and then she like, she hears him and then she yeah. like puts the covers down and then he like, Really, really fast paced, like scurries across the ceiling. It looked yeah, cheesy. Yeah. It looked really cheesy. Yeah. That was like I, I bummed. Uh, like, I was like, just, I would have much rather him just stood in the corner and looked yeah. creepy, like just standing there. Honestly, like, like there were a lot of moments like that for me where I was waiting to see more of the Baba Duke and I was beginning to get frustrated that we weren't seeing oh, you saw more of his hands it. and stuff. Yeah. Like the freakiest one was when it was walking across the kitchen where it's yeah. almost like just some cardboard cutout yeah. was getting wheeled through the shadows. And I yeah. was like, I'm freaking out. But then some of the other ones were. A little cheap to me. Yeah. That's why by the end, when that ending happened, I was just so bummed. But then when I realized, oh, wait, seeing the Babadook was never the point of the story. All of a sudden, I forgave everything that really bummed me out. It was, dude, the way when she has that final showdown with the Babadook, that... I, aside from the fucking raptor dinosaur yeah. noise, it, it was it, it, does that thing have a? I'm sure it has a name like the Wilhelm scream. And, I'm gonna find it and I'll send and it to you guys for it. another episode. Oh, God, oh no. it's, it's a pterodactyl scream one. 
Is it? Yeah, if you Google it, you'll find it. No Are you problem. serious? No, probably though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought what, you, you knew for real. No, no. no I'm, t- I'm gonna. I'm making a note. I'm gonna find this. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure some sound designer well. somewhere. Write to us. Yeah, you, you know it. You write to us, or some you know, maybe you with your connections. You know, let's see what we can find. You but know, you know what bothered me? What? Oh, you want to finish that thought? Oh, I was just gonna say when they finally showed, you know, it by not showing it, where it's just darkness and it wasn't a black shape it wasn't vfx it wasn't like right there just like oh here's a black it was like mass the, it was like the scene from the book where he's like that giant like bat yeah thing. yeah and, and then, it was just, it was just like his long arms it's just like you're looking down an endless hallway with no fucking lights yeah and you just have the arms there get a light that, in your room. For, for me that was fucking terrifying yeah it's something about when you see a room when you're in a room and one end of it isn't blacked out. It's not like it's darkness, but you can yeah. tell it has an end. But it's so fucking dark that it looks like it goes on forever. Yeah. Something about that like freaks not me cool. out because it, it, it plays with the mind and it plays with madness. And that's yeah. one of my things that like really weirds me out. It's just the thought of going insane mm. um, and never being able to come out of it. I was actually yeah I was actually fine with never seeing the Babadook because I always yeah. thought the scariest thing is the thing you can't see. Well yeah exactly yeah. like what it implies. But well, also to speak to like the the just kind of the brilliance of I think what she was doing because I have kids and I my job because I'm a much lighter sleeper than my wife is my job is like middle of the night duty so like if the kids if any of the kids wake up you draw the short straw then. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's because anytime they cry, I wake up anyways. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, yeah. I might as might well, as well. Yeah. I'm just such a light sleeper. But the problem is, is that I lucid dream or like I just like in the middle of the night. And it's almost always around 3 a.m., which is really disconcerting. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And I actually hated the Babadook for the fact that they didn't have all these scenes of this weird thing walking around the house. In the middle of the night. Because not showing it made it that much harder for me to walk through my house in the middle of the night. Because yeah. now it's, it's like... I don't have a point it's of there. reference where I'm like, I'm the just looking at the shadows and I'm like, yeah. he's, he's there. I can't see him, but that's where he is. And I'm going to hear that weird pterodactyl scream. They, they yeah. did fast be... forward a lot through the night into the morning. Yeah. So a lot yeah. Of that. let's talk about that. Because although, although the Babadook was not limited to, to night. No, right? he showed which was awesome. Yeah. Which was That's when the book awesome. showed up in the middle yeah. of the day. I was yeah. like, you know, which, oh. yeah, I was expecting it only to be nighttime and I was expecting to fear nighttime. And then I was like, shit, no, he it shows himself in the day. Cause that's, that, the Cause that's what that, that's what tragedy, that's what grief is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I actually wrote down some of that stuff. Some of they used a couple of techniques and one of them was fuck by the end of the movie. You know, you, you feel like you've gone through this whole ordeal. And we talked about the Amityville horror. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the shining and stuff like that. And that stuff happens over a good chunk of time. You know, maybe this the shining yeah. was it was a shorter amount of time. But um, you know, it, it just it felt like you've gone through this ordeal. It yeah. felt like this was something they were dealing with for months. Yeah. That's true. I felt exhausted for him. But you know, and, and you, you spend so much time with her and you just feel so bad for her and all that stuff. But then, like, at the end where they're, like, where ch- or where child services comes and they're, like, you know, he hasn't been to school in, like, a week. Or, or like, not even a week. Two, it's it was a, two it, weeks. Like, it was it two it was weeks two or something like that? It was you know, two days. No, it was two weeks. The first time was, child service? No, no, no. Yeah, the they, first time. No, when the, at the end you're talking about, though. Oh, yes. You're yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. The first time was two days. The first time was two days and at the end it's two weeks. But you feel like... Been months. It's been months or even fucking years. Yeah, that's Be- when, when, the, when the doctor writes the one week prescription. Yeah. I'm like, that's too long. 
Yep. They they or, or one week till you can see a psychiatrist. Like, yeah, too long, too but long. like they They'll um, be dead. They'll they be did dead. this <laughs> thing where they played around with time, and and you you lose it so you you lose it almost immediately. And I thought that was awesome how they did that to tie into her uh, inability to get a good night's rest and stuff like yeah. that. Well, it kind of plays on it too, like just how dark the house was. Yeah. Like you, couldn't tell really if it was light out and just like the transformation like the circles under her eyes and like her hair kind of getting a little nappier and stuff like you literally i haven't felt that way since um that movie insomnia you guys ever see that movie christopher nolan did with al pacino yeah yeah we're like by the end of the movie i didn't know that was nolan dude yeah dude yeah i was a nolan fan straight up after memento i was a nolan fan before i even knew that i was a nolan fan but the thing is like that movie it's it was the same experience where it's so visceral, yeah. like watching someone not being able to sleep and all that stuff. Where like by the third act of Baba Duke, for me, I felt the same way when I saw Insomnia, where I'm just like, oh my god, like I was so like my heart was racing simply based on the fact that I was so exhausted. Yeah, I was just like please God, just sleep, just go well, to sleep. And and it's it seems like no one. I mean, this is this isn't you know Baba Duke, but he, he does that because you know he also then went and did Inception, mm-hmm. and with there, I mean, there's there's an anchor, and you have to follow that, and and you pull yourself back from that. Yeah. But there's there's uh, location changes, there's time changes that occur in that movie, and I feel like they did a really good job in this film as well because of that. You know, you see. The, the light turn into dark and the dark turn into light. Yeah. And sometimes they're inside the house during the day, you know, and sometimes they're outside of the house during the day. And at night, you know, it, it's not quite as, um, as, as dark as you'd expect it to be. Yeah. And there were times where I don't know if it was a happy error and the, just a production mistake or something like that, like a continuity error where they actually uh, would be filming something where she'd be having a conversation with him and it's dark out. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to him for a little bit. You'd see him, and then it cuts back to her talking, and you'll see that it's light out. I, I think that yeah. I, I noticed that too. But I think that if you it rewatch it, you pay a little more attention uh, uh, attention to it. Uh-huh. It only confuses the light and the dark when it's her point of view, and I think yeah. that's to play on her insomnia because it doesn't yeah, do it yeah. until. She stops sleeping completely. It does yeah, start getting yeah, really yeah. disorienting. Because that's the other thing is, she once she starts really getting crazy, they stop leaving the house. Like they yeah. just stay inside the house. And I start getting so claustrophobic. Yeah. I'm just She's like, like when she opens the door to answer for child services, I was like, let's just hold here and stare outside for a minute. Can we just like look at the sun? Which actually leads into something that I didn't like about this movie. Okay. And I didn't like it in the first. Explain like, yourself. In the first like two minutes of the movie, I was I was a little upset. And that's it. There are there are maybe three establishing shots in this movie, which is I mean very commonly when you cut to a new scene, there's an establishing shot, an overarching. You know, you see the outside of the house, or you'll see a large interior of the house, and then it's commonly followed up with like a shot reverse shot. So you'll see her talking to her son, and then her son talking to her, and you see, you get the background, essentially, so you could lay out schematics of it how the like house geography. Would look. Yeah. yeah. And this, show, this movie never did that. I could never tell where they were in the house. I could, I knew where the stairwell was, and I knew that the kitchen was near the stairs. And other than that, I'm like, I have no idea. So I got yeah. confused a lot. I'm like, is she upstairs? Is she in her house? At one point, she goes to like help her neighbor with Parkinson's, yeah. and the dog goes by the basement, and the door's locked. And I thought that was the neighbor's house. Because we watch her walk into the neighbor's house. She's like, oh, I'll come over and do your medicine now. And then it cuts to her going to a locked door. And I was like, what? Freaking house shit. Yeah. So I got no, a little I confused in the establishing shots. Like I didn't, they didn't didn't do a great job of like 
Okay, here's the locations that we're going to be, you know, freaking you out in. Well, it's funny. We'll manipulate I, didn't them get, later. I didn't get confused as much because I pick up on like weird stuff, like just placement stuff. Like I could tell, I knew like when she was in like her room, she had like that blue chair by the door. So whenever they were in a room and I saw that blue chair, I was like, okay, they're in her room. Or if they were in his room, he had like posters on the wall. So, you know what I mean? Like I actually they were got, only ever in their bedrooms or yeah. the living room or the kitchen. That's it. I only got. I mean, I really got thrown off too by that because especially in the I couldn't tell scene. when I couldn't tell when he was coming into her room to sleep with mom or when mom was going into yeah. his room to sleep with him. I was, and what's interesting is, and this goes like to horror, like across the board. Hitchcock, like talked all about like the importance of geography, but then Kubrick, when you watch Shining, oh, yeah. you know the tricycle shot yeah. where oh, you just yeah. going around. Yeah. Oh man, literally, he purposely like, screws you did, up. Yeah, yeah, and it's literally just like. This exists solely to give you a lay of the land so that I can create suspense because it's going to be hard for me to create suspense if you don't yeah. know where everything is. But he didn't even goes, do it correctly. Like, if you have you watched well, that documentary? 237. The, uh, I, I thought about that. Do you know why I think that happened if we're going to amend this? I honestly think that's because they filmed part of it in Mountain Hood, Oregon, and part of it on a film set in yeah. Britain. And I think the guy who did the film set kind of fucked up. Yeah. Really? yeah, yeah. I think that's what that was. You think we're overestimating? Because there's uh, a part, I, I there's the part where he's like writing a tricycle upstairs on the top level, and then there's a the part right. where he's writing it downstairs in the kitchen area. And like, yeah, they, they I always thought that was just up. a mix-up of sets. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but you know what I mean? Where it's like geography. Where it's yeah. like even yeah. when yeah. you watch like like one of my favorite suspense movies is Panic Room. You know, and like okay. Panic Room opens with the real estate agent showing them the house where they want to buy it. Yeah. And by the time they buy it, I'm like, okay. They're on the third floor here. Okay, yeah. now they're on the second floor. Now they're on this. So now when the burglars are in, I'm actually tracking as much with the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was I actually really agree with James. Like when the Babadook started, I was a little bit kind of like, wait, so how close are their bedrooms? And yeah, yeah. Wait, how long? Uh, and, and which rooms? Which I finally figured it out later thanks to some of like the setting. But the stairs was the only visual. Yeah, it was the only for key, me. Yeah, exactly. That was a big anchor. I was like, okay, I know where that is. I, right in the center. I didn't get why. I think it was towards the beginning too, but you know when she first goes to like, she like goes to the basement door and it's locked. Yeah, yeah. And the dog comes by. I didn't get why it was locked. Yeah, I was I mean, actually I got confused later because I thought she was in her neighbor's house because she, the scene right before that is her saying, "Oh, I'll come over now and give you your medicine." So I, don't I actually remember, remember thinking that too. I don't remember, I remember that at all. I remember her too. saying and she'll take her trash out, but not. She was going to do oh, something for her neighbor. She's yeah, like, yeah, "I'll yeah. take out," and then she walks around the fence, right? And it cuts to her in the basement door, and I was like, why is she trying to get into her neighbor's... And then the dog came, and I was like, how did the neighbor get in the dog's house? And then we find out that that basement door later becomes important. Well, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys ran into this. For me, what really threw me off, and again, it's the ending amended a lot of it for me, but going into the movie without knowing what they're trying to do, I was so conditioned to watch it like it was an Amityville horror, or like The Conjuring, where I'm like, okay, there's going to be an evil that's brought into the house. So I was getting hung up on who locked the basement door? How do you not own a key to your own yeah. basement door? Yeah. And then when they pull out the Babadook book, I actually was really hung up for a while. Like, how did she not know that this book was in yeah. their house? That's what like, I, we were talking about. Was, I was like, was pissed I was, I was annoyed that they didn't talk about how that book got in the house. Yeah, I was, I was really. I hate like off by that. I, I really can't stand when when stuff's not explained, especially something yeah. like that big. Like, agreed. How did this kid get this freaking book? Yeah, and, and a throwaway it, line like, would have been good. I would have gotten totally. it if it was like they just moved into this house and maybe it was left over or something like that. Like, cool. Like it was in the basement. Boom. Or something. But then when yeah. like the ending happened, I was like, 
this yeah. isn't even that type of movie. A, a lot that, of this it. is my fault. Yeah. You, you yeah. go back well, and you're like, oh, let's learn shit, why okay. it's locked later. Or yeah, because remember it's locked and then the when, kid has a key. When she catches him doing magic down downstairs, mm-hmm. she. I love that he, he did magic. He gives. Yeah. Him. He was a fantastic magician. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like he was, a, he was a fucking wizard. Yeah, <laughs> he's a wizard. Harry. <laughs> that was that was actually one of the only other things that stood out to me as we continue our critiques was when he made the bird appear. Yeah, I was just kind of like, okay. I mean, I get that maybe he knows how to do a few card tricks, but that's a real like. A well, I actually thought too. I was like, mm, bit of magic there. Oh. Is it a bit of imagination? Is she believing? Is it really there? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I was like, mm. well, here's what I feel like. That's I not actually. The, I thought happening. the magic was gonna play into it a little bit more, and yeah, I was kind I of bummed too. that it didn't. Or like, except like he summoned it with the book, though. <laughs> yeah, <I thought laughs> like that, he like, played he around with the, like, like the Necronomicon. Mother, I raised the Baba Duke. The only thing I like think of that where he uses magic stuff, which wasn't even magic, was when he. When Through he was trying spark to, things? Yeah, yeah, to like scare his mom or whatever yeah. before he Which tried to kill her. I love it. Badass fire. Literally horror home alone. When she tripped over that tripwire and hit her why head. Did, I, maybe this is a thing in Australia too, but why do they have a gun that shoots darts? Right? And he they give it. it to kids? No, he made it. She, why did she say, seem like that was normal? She's like, Everyone oh, yeah, in Australia dark is hard. No, she didn't. She was like <laughs> pissed at um, In Australia, they have animals that try to kill you all the time. Books Might try to kill well you. have a gun that shoots well, darts. You know, kangaroos hunt down the street. Babadook could have very well been just a giant spider. We don't know. Yeah. But I agree. To the point where the book appeared, I would actually say up until the climax of the film, it's the only magical thing that really happens. Yeah. I mean, nothing the moves. The Babadook doesn't move anything. Nothing's falling. There's nothing like unanswered. But well, for the me, book. Well, towards the end, it does. I mean, like her, yeah, to, yeah, her the room is like splitting in so half. After the after the climax crazy. of her confronting the 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 Babadook. Two of the scariest parts, I think, was mm-hmm. when she finally, you know, quote unquote, beats the Babadook and it retreats, and then you see it come forward and then it just drops, and she goes and picks <laughs> up his hat. Out. And it's just a bright light in her face, and you see, like, yeah. look up. And yeah, and screaming. you're from the you're from the Babadook's point yeah. of view at that and point. And she's screaming. Like, I bo- she's screaming, but I think you, what you hear is the Babadook screaming, and then it like you know goes and downstairs, yeah. runs downstairs quickly, and then I'm going to my that room. Was freaky. And then at the end, when she's feeding it worms, when she goes to give it to him, and it rushes out at her and like bends her backwards. That oh, yeah. scene. That was, was a cool like, shot. Yeah. I was like, that, that was that. so. Because I didn't know what was going on. Covered, so I, was, yeah. I was like, I got when she was, when she's going out with the worms. I was like, okay, she's feeding this thing. I knew it automatically. Yeah. I didn't get how it was going to happen or whatever. But then when that happened, I was like, uh, I thought she was like cool with this thing or whatever. Yeah. And then you know, and she's like, it's okay. It literally just confused okay. me. I was not, so confused. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that she was gonna go down into the basement and lock herself in and start eating the worms in the dirt. I don't know why, but that's where Dang. my brain went. Like, did she you was see? Just going I wouldn't. Crazy. I wouldn't put it did you see when she was gardening stuff. when it panned up from the ground up? Mm-hmm. You, you saw the dead dog buried in the dirt. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. I, I that was that. cool. I missed that. It wasn't like a perfect dog. There I mean, it was like but you could tell it was a dog. Really shape. cool fucking shots in oh, this. Dude. Like that was one of them. But dude, that opening dream sequence. Yep. Oh, and, 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 they, and, they, and they reuse that over and over again, where like they, you know you see her and I was she like is falling like, into bed or she, raising out of bed. Why was she and, driving yeah. in her nightgown? That was so cool. But not only that, but even all the scenes after that where she's. Going around the house and doing yeah. stuff and like putting the book away, like all the shots were rad. And and then like yeah. you would hear like the music. Yes. Remember the part where she puts the book on the, the shelf? Music. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Music. That music cue for the book 
Amazing. And then when she yeah. when she the finally slides the book for it, it just stops. Yeah. And then, and then part, later she puts it in the trash can and she closes the lid yeah. and stops. Dude, we were we were talking about music earlier, yeah. like film music. Uh, yeah. And that like honestly like Halloween sets like the standard as far as music being as memorable as the movie itself, yeah. you know. And Jaws. And yeah. Jaws, yes, yeah. of course. I, I'm an idiot. Right there. No, well, back to back, right? One yeah. year apart. Yeah. Correct me on this, James, uh, but I have here for the composer Jed Kurzel. It was that correct? You've got your computer. That sounds like there. a porn name to me. Jed <laughs> Kurzel, an Australian um, one. But God damn it, that music was just fantastic. The the score in this was was ridiculous. Really good. Um, it that combined with the just the dizzying like spellbinding like cinematography mm-hmm. and the lighting, just the fucking yeah. lighting alone. They did this weird thing with it where. It was harsh lighting at times where you couldn't tell. And again, combined with the, the, the change in day to night, you couldn't tell, was it day? Was it night? Yeah. Is she asleep really or is she awake? And, mm-hmm. and in that last scene, too, the climax scene where she's confr- confronting the Babadook and he's doing his little you know float up in yeah. the air thing. And the only light in the scene, a very classic, like actually almost 1940s film noir, is just the top lighting. Yeah. So you just see the lighting on the shoulders. So yeah. they cut out all the other lighting, the frontal lighting. A lot of horror movies have under lighting. None yeah. of that. It's just the top lighting. So it's almost like that kind of. I think there's a shot a little earlier too of just just an overhead light bulb mm-hmm. when she's in the doctor's office. But it's very film noiry, like very dark, yeah, really, and very gritty. That's what I mean. Like the movie was, I guess. Now that we're back to praising it, we've gotten all of our beefs out of the way. The um, uh, no, I I have not actually. You have oh. not. No, oh, I need to hear more. I need to hear more. Because okay. I was going to say, I felt like the movie was really classy and it was really elegant and it was really patient, and that ultimately why I was like, it's why it's refreshing to go back and rewatch The Shining because it's a it's a it's a attitude of storytelling that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, you know, and the Baba do patience for sure. Yeah, they and introduce characters to kill them off now. There's got to be a scare in the first yeah, 15 minutes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this was paced so well, like a good 70s. Well, that's kind of like ghost story. When we did House of the Devil, yeah, the same thing. Have you yeah. seen that movie? Yeah. House, I haven't. House seen it. We're talking about this yeah. before you guys yeah. showed up, and yeah, that movie like <clears throat> Ty West, right? Yeah, Ty West. it's yeah. just. Nothing until like the last twenty minutes. I mean, so, stuff, suspense. But it, it makes but, all of that more meaningful. Yeah. You know, it's to me the classic example is like the birds or Psycho. You know, or it's yeah. all the birds. You don't so even see a bird for forty five minutes. Nothing. But by yeah. the time it does, you're so invested. You yeah. literally are like, okay, if these birds are lethal, sub, I don't want anyone to die. Yeah. I got, and I gotta <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. But what were your beefs? I gotta oh, okay. know what the rest so, of your beefs were. I, I I agree for the most part, but there are. I mean, just kind of a theme of things. Some things weirded me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we didn't talk about the bingo scene, which was just hilarious. Yeah. But uh, five million? Anyone got five, <laughs> five million? million. Um, but the scene in the beginning uh, where the kid is first in his magician uniform and gives her flowers and then he hugs yeah. her. And then she says, she gets freaked out and she says, don't do that. Yeah. Is he trying to strangle her? What is he doing? Because he like he like hugs her know. and then he get, he like squeezes her and I was like, is he strangling her? Is he like hmm. m- like molesting her breasts? What's going on? It was weird. Yeah, I didn't and understand like what was. It forgot about that. Confused me. I felt then, like he was like just like maybe she just had weird like emotional issues because of her husband dying, but I don't know why she would have that with. Yeah, it, it, it was, was weird. A, it was a very strange thing, and then they didn't really follow it up. I mean, there was kind of a similar awkward like I got the same awkward feeling where she's. 
doing doing the business to herself and the kid runs in. Yeah. I was like, that's not scary. Or that's the, just like, oh, painfully yeah. awkward. But when, like, I, I always look at scenes like that where I'm like, did we, did we need this in this movie? Yeah, I know. It was well, just a different kind well, of suspense. Yeah. I, right? What about the part when she was holding, sorry, real quick, when she was trying to fall asleep and she was cradling the violin? Yeah. yeah, which is her husband's, and she's yeah. like, "Don't touch it." Yeah, yeah. Like, I got well, like that kind of same vibe. I mean, at and, that point, and he's like she milking was still kind of. Yeah, there was something a little sexual between the son and the mom that I did not like. Yeah, yeah. when well, she was strangling him down in the basement when she was tied up, and he yeah. started just kind of like caressing her face, and then that's when she stopped. I mean, yeah. which was cute, but well, I think the whole thing was There's like, st- like he was trying to bring her out of it by saying like, like, come on, remember oh, yeah, yeah. In, in that in that instance. But the, the but whole I did feel a strange. I did feel a strange sexual tension there that I yeah. didn't really like. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I didn't um, run it back just because I wanted to watch it the whole way through, and then I ha- I didn't have a chance to go back and rewatch it to like focus in on certain parts. But I did notice those parts too. But it was one of those things where I looked at it, I'm like, it, it didn't detract for me from the rest of it, and I feel like it could. No, there no, was things, not. aspects of it no. that I'm sure if I went back to rewatch might ha- might even add to it or something. But I did remember that the, the flowers thing where she's like, "Don't do that." I was like, "Did, did I miss something?" What, like, what, did, did yeah. he... I, I rewound it. Yeah. What, what I what always do, you do. What I and again, it, it literally the ending. Even though I didn't like it at first, when I got it, it fixed all of my issues with that because the opening of the movie, you see the car accident, and then the boy very quickly, you know, addresses the fact that his dad died on the way to the hospital for him to be born and stuff. And I was just. For me, all those things were... Talk about heavy subject Dude, I know it. I know it. But that's why it was so heavy, in fact, that all the weirdness, I was like, obviously this is a damaged relationship. That obviously she's keeping him at some kind of arm's length. You know what I mean? Just kind of like, there's some pain there. And this movie is ultimately about this relationship being mended as a result of this dark thing that's been kind of keeping her and her son from being... Healthy, like kind of like, like, like maybe she blames happy. him for her yeah. husband being dead. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, I, that, honestly, that was my first thought. Was like, I bet she blames this kid for her. Yeah, for and her the, husband yeah, died. and those moments I felt too were like that was probably lived by someone, whether it was the director Had or to someone. Be. Like yeah. it was just too awkward to fit into like a. Like a plot device, it just had to be some sort of such a weird detail. It couldn't have been happenstance. Yeah, it had to be like deliberate. It had to be something like character development or or screenplay. Yeah, was weird though. One of the other techniques, and you're going to have to... Oh, one, one more yeah. question. The shards of glass in her soup, Yeah. was it the kid or was it the Baba Duke? I think it was... Or was it herself? Mm. It could be. Yeah, we, we never addressed... I, we, I mean... Yeah. I felt like that was the kid. The only reason I think it was the that was, old lady neighbor. We hated her. <laughs> I, the only reason I think it was possibly Baba Duke or spiritual stuff going on is because... The only, the only, the, as soon as I saw her pull glass out of her mouth, the only thing I thought of was that opening scene when she's in the car accident and the glass is flying in her face. I thought she was oh, hallucinating. Yeah. I thought it was like Jack Torrance. Yeah. Like, you know, like he was just, There's she was just starting to see stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah she just, Did you notice how the whole movie she was doing this? Like rubbing her And then cheek. she pulls her tooth out. Yeah, she's rubbing her cheek, like holding like on her tooth. And then later in the movie, when she's like possessed or whatever, she, she pulls her rips her tooth out. Yeah, I don't I get it. Why? Why? I why? thought that was. Like, I thought that was because when she pulls the covers down and the Babadook flies towards her mouth and she's screaming and then it cuts. I was like, oh, the Babadook's already in her. Yeah. No, but it was. 
and I thought it was in her in like like it was in her in the no. form of a toothache. No. But then it it later on when she says, "Oh, it's not real," and then it like jumps into her back, and I was like, "Oh, it wasn't in her. What was wrong with her mouth?" Yeah. I think it. Or maybe it, it wasn't her, it but wasn't her. it's just like more so or something like that. that like was, just here's for lack of a better words, a seed. That was know? like and that was because he said the more you doubt me, the yeah. stronger I get. But then why would she pull her tooth out when she was finally possessed? I have no clue why she pulled her tooth out. I don't know even why she like and, the and entire the kid, movie in the beginning. She was holding, she was rubbing her mouth. And, and the then, kid like, started. And the kid in the beginning too. They they make a prominent point to show him grinding his teeth. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was to you know to get across the point she can't sleep, but it, I mean it, it could be the whole like just stress thing. You I know? thought she was hallucinating again. You know, like, I, like the whole tooth thing. I feel like I've seen that in horror movies, even though I can't think of an example. You know, you like the people like pulling their nails yeah. off or like like pulling their teeth out, but it's like, like they did that thing, in. Uh, but they're just going slither, slither, right? Maybe the toothache is just from eating the glass. No, because she, she has, has it from it. the beginning of the movie. Like where she's like, yeah. maybe it's that was because one of the first she can't afford dental like insurance. Like the second time. Yeah. Well, well, let's clear. Like home this, I mean, not eight hours a day. Yeah, it is Australia. Um, the, I noticed like the second time she does it, like towards the beginning of the music, or the beginning of the movie, I was like, I wonder what's up with her mouth. And she's she doing got, it a lot. She could have gotten fucked up in the car crash. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was more of a jaw thing than a tooth thing. I don't know. Yeah. But, um... So there's this technique that gets used that I I don't know what it's called, but you guys might be able to educate me on it. Being that you've studied, you've produced, you you've been involved in the I production. I have introduction to film history in my car, the textbook. <laughs> they they yeah. do um they do <laughs> this thing where when she first gets possessed or whatever you want to call it by the Baba Duke, where um. She kind of comes in, or, or like, I don't know if it was the dog or the boy who's like pissing her off, but she just does that slide move like mm. into frame from like the back of the room towards oh, yeah. the front it's, of the it's room. It's like she's moving extremely quickly. Well, well, that, but without she's moving without her stepping. legs, yeah, she's she, floating. Yeah, she kind of does that sliding move, and you mm. we see the Baba Duke do it in that mm-hmm. scene you were talking about where yeah. it looks like just production, you know, in production, it's in camera, it's not. Yeah. You know, added or anything like that. Like, what is that called? Because I saw that once. Once she did that and like just did that slide move, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, I don't remember that. It's a dolly move. It's yep. just a dolly. Just do- yeah, I mean, basically, there's several ways to do it, but I don't know which way they did it. But when you set up a dolly track for the camera, yeah. you can actually extend the platform of the physical dolly mechanism. Yeah. Out so that there's space for the actor to stand, you know, in front of the lens it's, and yeah. move with the camera, which is what gives you that look because the lens, she and the lens are staying in it's position. Not a zoom. It's just it's, the background. It's, it's not a zoom. Yeah, yeah the yeah, camera's exactly. moving with her. It's, um, it's probably the same track they had laid down for a ton of camera shots, and they're like, "Hey, let's put her on that." Yeah. So creepy. they probably did that for like the bed scenes, yeah. and then also for like that. And, yeah. Okay, yeah, but the, I remember when I saw it when she did that, I was like, oh, fuck. That's yeah, your moment, because cool. before that, you're like, okay, is she stressed out or what? And then she does that, and you're like, oh, no, that's that's not yeah. her It's anymore. super theatrical. It's actually what I thought was another thing that was really refreshing about the movie is like we're in a day and age where everyone wants the movies to feel hyper-realistic, and so everything's really handheld, you know? Like, the extreme of it, to me, like, the epitome was, like, the born Identity movies, you know, where everything's super handheld and almost borderline feels documentary. Oh, and the, the, the average length of a cut in that movie is something like 
six seconds. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's just crazy. Like, it's like, yeah, like the yeah, fight it's scenes like, where yeah. like, like you don't even know what's going on. Yeah. You just know yeah. the fight. It's, it's, yeah, it's supposed it's, to make that handheld feel. There's, it's supposed to feel real. Whereas Baba Duke was very like designed and like her floating down yeah. into the oh, bed, you know, so from fucking like, beautiful. The camera accident or like the car accident and then straight into the bed. You know, all that's just yeah. like really theatrical stuff that you yeah. don't see a lot of anymore that's man. that's, that's cool. like old school storyboard almost to put that yeah. together like you like you have a thought in your mind you're like this this and then this, and then this. yeah because you basically have to come to set that day going all right we need a lift mm-hmm. so that we can drop her into bed and we have to plan this and so the only yeah. way we're going to plan it is if i storyboard this earlier and plan it whereas <coughs> like if you're shooting a handheld fight all you have to do is choreograph a fight and like all right camera yeah. let's this 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 let's, let's do this do fight, let's do this fight five times and we'll put the camera guy at a different spot every time and then we'll just, and then we'll we'll just figure it out yeah. and what, post. what's cool yeah. is I've, I've seen that you know we've seen it like you said uh, more sparingly more recently but one movie that did it recently very well well, there's a couple. Of them. I'll get to the one, but where I remember first kind of noticing, like, oh shit, that's like one shot, and it was basically because when I started paying attention to and realizing and understanding film and film techniques and 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 stuff like that, I wasn't like going back and watching the classics. I wasn't watching like Rashomon and 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 you know looking at old like Scorsese and stuff like that. I was just watching whatever was out, which you know is totally I mean? at the fine. time. But um, do you remember that movie Be Kind Rewind with Jack Black? The movie was awesome. Yes. They, they did the thing where they're remaking it when they're doing that montage, but instead of doing cuts, they just have them move between these different sets and they'll like rotate the camera one way to like it. And I, I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. But um, recently I saw a little bit of Birdman. Um, oh, Pete. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They did a lot of that. And Batman. There had to have that. been some cuts in there. But the way that it was filmed was just like, it, it it looks like one long shot, one take. Like 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 the whole movie looks like one take. But long shot would be distance. Yeah, right? yeah, take, yeah, yeah. yeah long take, one, yep. one take. Um, but looking at some of the changes that occur within a scene, it, they had to have done some cutting with, with like a VFX like thing. Like at one point, someone throws yep. something against the wall and it shatters. And then it pans slightly, and I think that's probably where they did stuff. Yeah. But I'm I'm watching it, and there's like at least like the first, honestly, like eight minutes of the film, mm-hmm. one shot. Like I'm looking sure. at it, awesome. I'm looking at it, and there's nothing that occurs. They're just following him. They're doing the whole raging bull, like going through the tunnel thing, and I was just like. Too, Fuck, dude! That, too, that was that was great. It's just designed like it's cool. You're like, wow, yeah. someone thought of this and planned it and figured out how to do it. And we're just watching the fruit of it. Yeah, that's just cool. It's very uh, theatrical, like stage play, right? You have to block yeah. it. You have to, yeah, you have to stage it and you have to choreograph it. Like, but the blocking is most incredible because you have to block around a camera, right? Yeah, it's re- it's done really well in Children of Men. There's a scene where oh, they're okay. trying to escape. The police, and this was nominated for best cin- oh, yeah. cinematography exactly just for the scene yeah. where they go take. Yep, and they they go through a building, down some stairs, onto a, into a car, and then and then drive away. And it's like an eight minute take. It's very great. And then there's another. There's Hitchcock actually made this popular, and I can't remember if it's Rope or Lifeboat because I actually haven't seen the film. But there's a film. I think it's Lifeboat. Where he tried to make it look like it was all one take. It was oh, actually rope. Like, it was rope. It was rope. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was like either eight takes or eleven, but he makes it look like one. He does a very good yeah. job. Well, it's crazy yeah. too because in rope, 
Rope was a play. It's one of my all-time favorite Hitchcock movies. And it, it was a play. And he was like, I want to stage this as a play, but film roles would only run 18 minutes. And so they had to calculate how long is this take going to be before we reach 18 minutes? And how can we block this to hide a cut because we have to put a new roll of yeah. camera yeah. or no new roll of film in the camera here. So it's so funny because like a lot of people scrutinize like, well, he never really did it in one shot. We're like, well, he, it was designed impossible. as one shot. Yeah. It was just impossible to yeah. do this one. Whereas yeah. nowadays, yeah, and you could do an hour and a half long take and <laughs> yeah. just get a big enough hard drive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another another good one's Touch of Evil, which if you oh go to any, any film class, yeah, that's what they'll talk about when they say like a tracking shot yeah. or a long take. Yeah, because Touch of Evil Dude. is they built an entire set of like I think it's downtown LA or something. It's an entire set of buildings, and there's a tracking shot on a huge crane. Just think of like a regular crane, right? The camera's on that. It follows a guy into a car. The car goes down the street. It goes up. It follows a car through multiple streets. A guy gets out of the car. All one take. It's the opening take of the movie. It's insane. That's Actually, that's what that movie's known for, because the rest of the movie is like, you know, yeah, I've actually seen the opening shot more than I've seen the rest of the, the movie. movie. Yeah, because yeah. Orson Welles kind of just got a little over, over the top. for the Yeah, movie. but... And Charlton Great. Heston isn't a Mexican is kind of <laughs> yes. Charlton really Heston <laughs> playing a Mexican with Char- a mustache. Charlton Mexican with a mustache. Charlton, yeah. <laughs> mustache. Yeah. Um, so an, another <clears throat> pretty interesting and unique piece of this that we haven't really talked about all that much. You just mentioned it was the fucking book. Yeah. So like, what the fuck? I mean, like the most fucked up children's book oh, it was ever. Awesome. Evan, tell them what you told me on the way here. About the book and the website. Oh, yeah. Brett told me about this, but you yeah. can actually buy the book. They only made yeah. limited amounts, right? Yeah. Chewie so, bought one. So oh, as did? soon as oh, I shit. finished watching the movie, I was just like, I remember hearing something about like ordering the book. And someone's like, well, you better be sure you like it first because it's kind of expensive. So I, I looked it up. It ended up being, with shipping, 80 bucks. Oh, Baba Duke. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Daddy's got some money. Uh, yeah, I got, I got a credit card. <laughs> um, no, but I I had to. And it, it's like they're doing this thing where it's like they needed to have at least 2,000 orders placed for it by a certain day to make, and, it. To make it. And like if it didn't get if it didn't hit that number, they they wouldn't charge you for it or whatever. Um, they, they hit the amount they needed to, and they're still like, as of this recording, five days left. Um, but I, I ordered one, but I was reading further into it and, um, they were saying something about like how these are going to be like crafted, like differently, like not just like, Oh, here's a pop-up book. It, it's going to be like, it's a, it is a pop-up book, but it's all going to be like hand like they're they're doing something, and they said like this person did these other pop up books that were done like really lavishly and like high caliber, for lack of better words, a high caliber pop up book. I guess it's like the guy who actually made the pop up book for the movie. Like that's what yeah. they do. They make pop up books. Yeah, like, um, like legit. And hey, hey, if you want a pop up book, might as well go to a guy who already does. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many pop up books? Can you draw scary stuff? Mm-hmm. How many are they doing? Like so that was the run. thing that I was going to say. Um, I, from what I understand, based on the website, it was going to be however many orders they have placed at the time that the time period ends, that's what they're going to make. So, so it's going to be a one-time, a one-time, so like, 
listeners, order your book now. Well, no, and they can't because this will that that time period will be closed by the time oh, they hear this. But I'll, I'll tweet about it so you'll have already known about this I ahead of time. But yeah, it's awesome because they were never like, yeah, we're probably it. never going to do this. But what's cool is remember we talked about the pages so it's gonna have everything that was in there in the movies but even the extra pages i think so but then they're also gonna add stuff to it to kind of make it more of a not just like here's a replica of what you have in the movie but more of a companion they're gonna add more stuff to carry the to move the story forward to carry the story forward mm, of don't the Baba Duke. Nope, how nope. creepy would it be if like so because they have a limited content. number of like orders yeah. if they were able to track who ordered which and yeah. had illustrations of you in the book, Ooh. or at least rhyme your name in there. Like, ah, imagine dude. you open up and the story keeps going, and now it's you and the Baba Duke's over your bed, and you're like, "All right, I need to burn this." Good, goodbye, sleep. Yep. Yeah, goodbye, sleep. But that's what's actually rad. I mean, again, like going back to the movie. Yeah, that's what I loved about the device of the book. Yeah. Was it literally made the movie like any ghost story you'd hear around a campfire? Where like, if you guys told me a ghost story. All I would do is go home and my suffer with my imagination, you know, and yeah. that would be it. But that's all I would need to be terrified. I'm gonna have yeah. that sitting on my bookshelf, yeah. like three feet from my bed. And one day, why the fuck did I just order this thing? One day you're gonna have sick. a son who accidentally pulls it off oh, the shelf God. and goes, "Dad, read this to me." And then you're gonna remember when your wife died in the car Ooh. accident, and you're gonna have to like go down. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, <laughs> Chewie? You you can at least know that you chose your own fate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that fate is a terrible day. Oh god, but uh, I'm I'm stoked enjoy. and I'm terrified for it. But yeah, I, I awesome. ordered mine already. Uh, I am really excited to so get jealous. it. So jealous! I'm really jealous. Um, Why don't you get one? Yeah, I, I missed this. I missed it. No, there's a, well, as of right now, there's still five days left in, oh. in the in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> What's one saying? I'm gonna buy right now. <laughs> but uh, God, that book was just terrifying, yeah. and I, I'm so Incredible. glad they did it from something like that. Well, I mean, like we also saw that, in, like in Evil Dead, you know, they had like the the thing, a tangible thing. Yeah. It's not some. Mis- it was the DVD case. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. the Necronomicon DVD case. I mean, and granted, so it's like you know you don't have the actual you know Necronomicon somewhere, but the idea that it's just a book. In a desk somewhere. It's just a book on a bookshelf somewhere. Yeah. Not some like, you know, mystical Indiana Jones device sort of thing. You it's know, the, too simple. It's just way scary. Exactly. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I thought that was pretty terrifying. But uh, James, you know, we've been doing a lot of analysis here and I feel like we've kind of over we we look we overlooked some of the um some of your spotlight here where you talk about Oh, we've we've already hit my spotlights so over so much analysis. And yeah. I was gonna talk about the no rating in the MPAA. Ah, so we hit that up. We <laughs> hit that and then I was gonna I had a spot on the lighting, but we kinda of already touched on it. Just if you wanna if you wanna learn a little bit about lighting without having to do any reading, watch this movie and pay attention every time you see the Baba Duke, you'll see that it's either top lit with no fill lighting, fill being the extra light they put on you so you yeah. see everything. Uh top lit. Or bottom lit, lit from the bottom, lit from yeah. the top. Even when you're looking at, like far away scenes and the Duke's dark in the background and there's light in the foreground, the light's coming from bottom sides. Like it's just classic horror lighting whenever you see the shadowy creature and that's to keep the the black darkness. Yeah. It's brilliant brilliant lighting. It techniques. was really awesome. Yeah. Well thank you for being on the wealth of knowledge just peppered throughout as always. Um 
I know we. I sometimes like to point out kind of like stereotypes in horror movies, and there aren't a whole lot here, at least not like a lot of recent ones. Mm. Um, I, I think the main character suffers a bit from them. Yeah? Yeah. Like Amelia. which ones? Well, she's a bit of a dum-dum because the classical okay. cue that someone put together pieces of a book you tore up and put it on your doorstep and then calls you. I mean, yeah. that's I mean that's a horror convention, okay. right? To ignore the obvious. Okay. I don't, I don't think that she thought it was a person. I didn't get that vibe. I think that she was saying that to the police because she didn't want to seem crazy. Well, regardless, she still stayed in that house. Like oh, that yeah. should be a cue that you I kind of felt that the house. Though, eventually because she was possessed, quote unquote possessed. <clears throat> I feel like it was keeping her there. Like she didn't want to leave. Like Amityville Horror Theory, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. I actually Maybe. thought what was interesting was, <clears throat> just like from a story standpoint, I actually thought what was really interesting was. They really alienated them so much in the first act, like first act of the movie, where him pushing the daughter, yeah, like the son pushing the cousin out of the treehouse, almost prevented them from having any hope of evacuating to yeah. the only family member we've seen them have contact with, you know. That's and true. then they were also set up as pretty poor, so I actually it never bothered me bothered me that much because by the by the point things were really escalating, I was like, dude, I don't even know where they can right, go. Right, right. They they, you know? they did a great job of kind of counterbalancing it. They, they could have gone to the neighbor's house. Like obviously they explored. But you the saw the Boba Duke there. In a trash can. You like, saw the Boba Duke in the background when she's looking out the window, talking to her neighbor on the phone, and she sees the Boba Duke in the background. She sees it at the police station. It's in the fucking car. Yeah, but it's you you them. introduce a, a third person, right, to get in between you and your son yeah. after all that. And I just feel like the there's a little bit of a convention there where you have to suspend your your belief in yeah. the fact that if any of us saw all those signs, even if we were on low sleep, we'd be like, get in the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. If so, my son pulled out a book like that in my house, we wouldn't even go to bed that night. We would get in the car. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they even said it, it even said in the book that you can't anywhere you go. Oh yeah, it's true. You. Dang it. Wouldn't yeah. you try it? Well, yeah, but yep. I'm just saying. Okay then. That's my point. Dude, but, um, I, I mean, the, the, you, you're pointing out some good things that I, I oh, overlooked there. Um, one that didn't, the dude, titty count zero. Zero on the titty count on yeah. this one, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was the whole, you know, bedroom scene thing with her and she's trying. But like, you know, I know for a lot of people, it's like, well, that was kind of weird. Remember? I'm like, some for me, time. dude, I'll be honest. I don't think it was that weird. I thought it was a lot. It was, it was really insightful. I feel like it was like her escape from her. It, it was her just trying life. to be like, just, yeah. Like, or like, her, like, like, let me at least just. <laughs> Let me at least just have one fucking moment for myself, and she can't, mm. you know. So I thought that, that was true. I think I, I thought that, that was a, an important actual device to let you know, like this is how not about her own self, her life is. Yeah, you know, it's about so many other people. She can't even have that small amount of time, you know, when yeah. everyone else should be asleep and stuff. It, it'll lead to your insomnia, probably, or, yeah. or insanity rather. <laughs> yeah. There's also something that. They call the horror two the horror two shot, which okay. we can explore in a different episode. Uh-huh. But it's essentially like just a killer over the shoulder of a female. So we get a little mm, bit okay, of that. okay, little yeah, bit. yeah, just a little bit. There was yeah. one thing I was trying to see if it would play out, but every time did you guys notice every time she came down the stairs and rounded that corner, there was that mirror on the wall. Yeah, that oval shaped mirror. Okay. Like as she came down the stairs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> sure. she would turn right off the stairs on that wall right there there's an oval shape mirror your attention to set detail is amazing it, <clears throat> sorry it 
the entire time I was watching that movie, I was expecting something for that to play uh, in something like gonna be Mr. Babadook in that movie. See something, yeah, like or like she's gonna pass by, and as she passes by, you see like something in the background, and it never happened. But then the very end, I noticed, and I don't know if this was <laughs> intentional or if it was just you know accident or whatever. But the very end, she's carrying her son by <clears throat> by that mirror. She she passes by it, and there's like no reflection in the mirror. Huh. Oh, crazy. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Because I was about to say right now, because I didn't notice that. I was like, how fucked up would it be if she crossed the mirror and there was no reflection there? Yeah. Oh, I got to go back and watch it. But I don't Fuck. know if that, if that was intentional or if it like, is meaningful or or, camera or if angle. it was just, yeah, like, just a bad camera angle or what. But yeah. I, like, I think, I mean, maybe because I was looking out for something and I didn't. There, and, there are a lot of mirrors in this movie and they use them, but they do not use them to scare you. Yeah, what, they use them. How do they use them? Though there's one where she wakes up. Like, there, isn't there a mirror across from? I think yeah, her on bed? her on her like yeah, her she, yeah. She wakes up walk. and she looks in the mirror at least two times, and you expect to see something behind her, and there never is. Oh, so it's like the mirror there. Is something being yeah. behind me right now. That uh, mirror right there. Yeah, there's mirrors. So there's a lot of mirrors, you. but they don't. Yeah, they don't use them, which could could be you know uh, an avoidance of a horror convention because you are so used to that. Show. Well, I, yeah. exactly. Like anytime someone opens a door. Towards camera and it like blocks the frame. I was like, yeah. oh, shut that. Someone's gonna be oh, there. Yeah, never yeah. Did that. dude. But so many, so many things this movie did right. So many things this film did right. Yeah. Um. I mean, and they even gave us some like memorable quotes and stuff like that. Like you know, whether it's whether it's in a word or a look, yep. you know, you can't get rid of the Babadook. Just Ugh. shit like that. You know, I yeah. remember I texted you right after I finished watching it. Yep. Just separate text. And that was not cool. Baba baba baba. And duck, then I got a duck, duck and then another duck. duck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Did we God. ever talk about what Baba Duck stands for, stood for? Uh, what it means? James. No. I looked it up. I looked it up. I got in the car with Evan. I was like, I need to figure out what the hell this means. Well, I because yeah. I when I originally heard about it, I saw the preview. I was like, oh, the Baba Duck must be like some Australian like folklore demon or, or folklore. Yeah, that's or something. what I thought too. You know? So I was like, sweet, and that just means a bad book. Yeah, like, it's oh, an yeah. anagram. Yeah, that's it. And so I, I literally was like, "Oh, what is is that? What the yeah. kids talk about in Australia?" Uh, I know. It's, I thought too, like the boogeyman. Yeah, it's no. that, and it's also derived from the Serbian word for boogeyman, which is Baba Roga. Oh, yeah, but man. it's stretching. That sounds it's more just like the Baba a song. part. Yeah. Do the yeah. Baba Roga. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Lou Bega saying that right. <laughs> hey, One, do the two. Baba Roga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You guys talked about her, the director's short film Monster, right? Yeah, well, I, I know she did it. I don't know. Oh, you mean about with? Uh... <laughs> no. Not oh, all right. <laughs> Why do we go there? This is saying that the this this movie was based off off of that short film. Yeah. She calls the the short film the Baby Babadook. Oh, oh yeah, which, it's like which a short could, film that which could like be even scarier. A small a oh, Babadook God. running around. It's yeah. a small shadow. Maybe maybe it wouldn't have to like uh, like if you. You wouldn't have to puke it out. Maybe it would come out some other way. <laughs> the Baba Which I'm going to leave it an innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Baba Dookie. Baba, Baba Dookie. Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about how this, baby this, this kid probably should have gone to juvie for what he did to his yeah. <laughs> Multiple things. Yeah. yeah do you oh, stab or the, her or the, the thigh. fact that this kid looks spot on. Like Malcolm McDowell in A Clockwork Orange. But yes. Yeah. No, Holy it's true. shit. That's spot what it looks like. Spot on. Oh my god! I always thought someone should do a web series, and if anyone hears this and does this, awesome. But like after these no, horror copyright movies, you okay? Copyright me. 
the idea of thank you, thank you, Judy. The idea of like making like little like episodes that are about the cops that show up at the end of all these horror movies. Yeah, because like if you did a Baba Duke episode, literally these cops are like, so explain how this happened to your mom. So hold on, you built what? And then it's like, (laughs) mom, you let him use a saw. Like, yes, I don't understand. Yeah. There was a Baba Duke. There was a Baba Duke. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's a Baba Duke? Oh, Last House on the Left. Those oh, Keystone yeah. Cops. Oh, yeah, man, that'd be perfect. Because they did. That's what happened at the end. They yeah. walked in. They're like, "So you did what? What with now? A chainsaw? To like, you were like, yeah. The end of Halloween is like. So you shot him off of the balcony, and where did he go? <laughs> she yeah. just left. Well, I, I think he disappeared. How slowly did you walk to this balcony? <laughs> yeah. oh, he just God. got up and what's that gun loaded <laughs> dude um but yeah I, I don't know other than that there's too many quotes and, and i, I want oh, i can't wait line, to have the, the book line. she she pulls uh 88 uh anyone anyone get the fat ladies and then the fat lady raises her hand and she yeah. goes oh great maybe in a couple days someone will hit bingo <laughs> Love hold on real quick sorry yeah, I know yeah. I keep driving yeah, too cool. long it's cool you know the what was his name? Robbie, little little flirt guy at her work. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, what yeah, did yeah. ever happen to them? Nothing. He like cruised Nothing. over to her house and like brought his brought oh, her kid a he, model airplane. He got in and that family. Yeah, he got in that family tension. And he was like, I don't want any of that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I actually was relieved because I was I was like, okay, so there's the guy that's gonna show up in the third act and go, what's going on? I'll I, help yeah. you guys. I'm and, a hero. I'm dead. Yeah. yeah. And then when that didn't happen, I was like, oh. Good. Yeah, useless, I mean, but refreshing. I, I think yeah. I think that was just kind of like the the whole vibrator scene thing, where it was like, like, okay, here's a shot at like, here's a way for lack of better words, a way out that she's got some sense of normalcy, and it's like, no, it's like her family pushed away, alienated. This guy Robbie pushed away. Just how much more you alone know, she school is. pushed away. I, I wrote down one of the things is isolation. Like they're yep. a fucking island. They're surrounded by people, but they're a fucking island. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I. I that's just so fucking that's stressful. That's part of what's so scary about it. Any like, any like ghost horror movie or supernatural horror movie, like they they're in a neighborhood. They could yeah. easily go next door. I mean, even Halloween. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. a lot of that they oh, choose does go next door. A lot know. of that they choose not to. They're like, well, I, I like it's just in my head or whatever. But she goes out. She's trying to. There's like reasons why she can't reach out, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, dude, that. Fucking book freaks me out. Awesome. Anyways, can't wait for you so, to get it. At the end of the day, gents, yay, nay, good, bad. I'm gonna go ahead and vote that it's fan fucking tastic. I, yeah. I really want to watch it again after you guys leave, but I'm kind of scared to do it. Oh god, I might. Wait till you get the book might, and then oh, watch it by yourself. Shit, holding no. I'll have to watch it tomorrow because I only have a 24 hour rental on iTunes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, likewise. likewise. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I I dug it, man. I think for me, this is like, I like I'm in love with this movie, dude. Yeah. I think this is like the reason why horror films just like appeal to me is because you get a film like this every now and then, and it's just it, even just as film, I think it's yeah. fantastic. I'd, I'd toss up a uh, nomination for best original screenplay. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't vote for it to win, but I would definitely vote for a nomination. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I and, thought it was set design. I thought it was rad. Um, I definitely incredible. think a lot more of it now that we've talked about it and mm-hmm. things that we've unfolded and stuff like that. But so I kind of want to watch it again to see yeah. if I get that, you know, like, yeah. like something else out of it. I'm never um, watching it again. <laughs> nope. Nope. Seen enough. I know. It's brilliant. 
I mean, it, yeah. there just hasn't been a movie that's that scary, but had that much thought behind it. it hasn't hasn't been that thought provoking in a long time. But what's scary? Very smart. creepy. But it, it was scary, creepy. but it wasn't. Like like what I was touching on earlier, like it's not it's haunting. It's more haunting. It's not, but it's not like like a monster scary. Like it's what's mm. scary is the way she's like losing it. You know mm. what I mean? Like the that's what's scary. It's, yeah. it's actually really uncomfortable. Like, to I was watch. scared the whole time that she was gonna murder her son. Yeah, like me that's too. what I was scared of. That's actually probably why it would be hard to sit through again, is just because it's I, I was you scared suffer from ways. insomnia and paranoia yeah. and like that scene where was, she sees her of son insomnia and and the boogeyman. She yeah. was. Yeah. She sees her son all bloody, and then she like walks over to like like help him, and then she, he's screaming, and then she's standing there with a knife over yeah. his head. Yeah. I was like, dude. no, I know, dude. I was freaking. That's like out. like that kind of stuff is like. Unsettling. I was watching like, please don't become me, please. Oh. <laughs> when will I get that book? Well, don't let it in. Yeah. So, um, Brett, is there anything else you want to go ahead? I mean, like you know, you've been great. You've been here, just awesome. You know, um, lots of knowledge and just experience, and just you know, obviously, you gave us an awesome film to to check out. Glad so, I, I mean, like, what do you what do you want to plug, man? Do you got something coming up that you want to plug? A website, your Twitter, like, what what do, what do you want? Tell the people. I got well, the movie Animal is coming out February on DVD and Blu-ray, so check it out. Um, my Twitter handles at Brett underscore Simmons. B-R-E-T-T underscore S-I-M-M-O-N-S. Like the beauty rest mattress. The easiest way to remember it. Look on your mattress and you can spell my last name. Um, no website, but I do have a Vimeo page if you want to check out some of the short films I've done. I've done a couple like scary. I did a scary short with a clown. It's kind of like, oh, okay. yeah, check it out. But it's Vimeo.com slash my name, Brett Simmons. But yeah, otherwise, no, man. I'm, I'm really grateful everyone liked the movie because I would have felt like a jerk if I came like so <laughs> did you guys all watch it Great. no he yeah. said we're a bunch of jerks because everyone listening to the podcast like, I don't want to pay seven dollars <laughs> seven dollars no it was well, honestly it. like as a horror fan that's just one of the most refreshing horror movies in a long time yeah. so it's just cool to know like all of your guys taste in horror movies that all of us kind of like like different things but we unanimously really like found something cool in the Duke. awesome man as long as it doesn't follow me home yeah. Well, um, as always, we want to take you out telling you what we're going to do next time so you can go ahead and watch ahead and, and actually, you know, revel in the review with us. So, um, James, what are we doing next time? Oh, fire up YouTube because we're going to do The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh, you mean that movie that has been referenced twice already in horror movies that we've watched so far on oh, this Mani- show? Maniac? Yeah. Yep, Maniac and the Babadook. Yeah. The music in Maniac was fantastic, though, Rob. Anyways, you can watch The <laughs> Cabinet awesome. of Dr. Caligari for free on YouTube or, you know, it's on many a DVD. Featured in Portlandia I as think well. It, yeah, I think it's also streaming on Netflix at one point. Yeah, Dad, it uh, is a silent film, but it's short, so you'll be all right. Yeah, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Um, well, thank you once again for joining us, the Unholy Trinity plus one. The I, I don't know how to quadruplets. Quadruplets. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the Unholy um, quadruplets. <laughs> so uh, again, I'm Chewy here with James. We have Evan and our special guest Brett Simmons. Check out all his movies. Check him out and all that stuff. And remember, if you're at home by yourself, you get a creepy book and you just hear, Don't let it in.